Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Office Bingers. Ernesto, we have a very uh, different type of show that we normally do this week. So tell our lovely listeners what we are reviewing this week and who our special guest is. Oh, this has been one in the making for a while. I've been trying to wrangle this guy to come on here. We, Matt Klesinek, my very good friend from high school. And he's going to be reviewing our foreign film of the month, a Japanese anime film from 1988 called Akira, or Akira, I guess, depending on who you ask <laughs> for <true>. the correct <laughs> pronunciation. Matt, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so looking forward to having this conversation with you because I'm yeah, sure you have a lot to me. say. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. I mean, uh, I've been waiting to have this conversation with somebody. So oh. <laughs> He's like, with, with anybody, really. I just want someone anybody to talk to. listen. Come on, man. <laughs> In the grocery store. Hey, have you heard of this movie? Okay, I'm, okay. Well, I get it. You're just buying groceries. I understand. Like I'm, like I'm just trying to buy <laughs> avocados, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior, Akira? <laughs> <laughs> That sentence is so spot on, at least for the movie's sake. Yes. Know, right? Oh, my God. Oh, man. That, that, well, we'll get into that movie a little bit later lot, on to the to show. Lots of over there. That, that, yeah, that's wild. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one thing. That's not what I expected. Definitely. Uh, definitely not. Uh, before we dive into that, of course, we're going to be talking about some movie news and what we've been watching. And later we're going to be talking about, uh, we're talking with our new friend, Matt, and what he's been up to in his podcast. So all of that later on to the show. But first... We have some movie news we're going to talk about. And over the past weekend, Ernesto, Star Wars Celebration 2022 happened in Anaheim. And they came in with a decent size amount of news. A lot of appearances. Obviously, it was the same weekend as the launch of Obi-Wan. So a lot of, pe- a lot of hype around that. Um, but Disney Lucasfilm made some big announcements. It was revealed that Jude Law will star in a new Star Wars series called Star Wars Skeleton Crew, launching on on Disney Plus in 2023 with executive producers John Watts, Christopher Foyd, uh, John Favreau, and Dave Filoni. This new series will follow a group of 10-year-old kids from a small planet who get lost in that galaxy far, far away and must try to find their way home. Ernesto, we had briefly talked about this news a little bit, a little bit, about two episodes ago, we had mentioned that John Watts had left the, his directing job for Fantastic Four and moving on to a Star Wars show at Star Wars Celebration. They announced that show, and it will star Jude Law. So, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, this is what we thought it's going to be like: Stranger Things, the yeah. Disney Plus is Stranger Things, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, there, John Favreau's obviously proved himself. Dave Filoni has proved himself time again, and. I guess now we know why John Watts wanted to leave. So Yeah, I know, right? He, he's, he's like, I get to work with these guys? Oh, wait a minute. Hold up, Marvel. Wait yeah, a minute. Kind of like I mentioned before, like he's <clears throat> he's moving on from a film series to an actual like series, like a, like yeah. a TV series. 
So it's a new beast for him to tackle. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's interesting. We we got more details on this, uh, Matt. Uh, I know this might get confusing because we're both named Matt, but we'll do our best here. Um, but are are you a big Star Wars guy? Are you kind of uh, up to date with these Disney Plus shows? Like, what are your thoughts on Star Wars? Um, I'm not totally up to date. Um, I do like Star Wars, but I kind of have mixed feelings on since Disney took over. Mm. Um, you know, I felt like the last few movies, the quality was all over the place as far as the story and stuff. So I like that they're going in the direction with these shows, uh, kind of like back in the timeline, you know, where they're kind of fitting within the original trilogy and stuff like that. The only thing that's kind of confusing is sometimes I don't know exactly where it's being placed. You know, Mm -hmm. the Obi-Wan show is taking place before episode four, but Mandalorian takes place after return of the Jedi. Like it's, it's kind of, I mean, I guess you kind of have to be a Star Wars fan to be able to, like, keep up with that stuff. So I haven't seen everything, but I try to see what I can, I guess. Uh, I, I guess as a casual viewer, then, do you prefer to watch shows that are within the original six movies and kind of tell stories within that? Or do you kind of like The Mandalorian that's it's kind of doing its own thing and not really tying much into those six movies? Um, I mean, I, I really liked Mandalorian. I liked that it kind of expanded upon what happens after Return of the Jedi within that whole world. Um, so I did enjoy that. Um, I'm, I grew up with Star Wars, so I remember reading like uh, the Mandalorian armor, which takes place after Jedi, but it kind of tells the fate of Boba Fett like after he fell in the right. Fight. And then Disney takes over, and all that stuff isn't canon anymore. So right. I'm a little bitter about that. Like what they're doing some good stuff with it, but I'm kind of like mixed on on what to expect from them. I think their Star Wars stuff is still of good quality, um, special effects and all that. So I'm I'm interested to see what they do, but I'm kind of like cautiously optimistic, I guess. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, they they also. And especially if you're keeping up today, I know you said you weren't, but I'm up to date with Obi-Wan right now. And this pre, this episode that just aired uh, this week, episode three, there was a lot of love hate relationship around it. And like, you're taking liberties, you're taking risks, but I don't know if I like what you're doing. Cause that may or may not be okay with the, what we know in the future, like in, in the newer and the older movies. So I can understand the hesitancy of launching into it, especially for casual fans. Um, but <clears throat> Moving on from that, you also, uh, if live action is, you know, hesitancy for you guys, there's also, uh, they also announced a new animated anthology series called Star Wars Tales of the Jedi. That's also coming to Disney Plus later this fall. This series will be comprised of six episodes with three focusing on Ahsoka and the other three focusing on Count Dooku, who was the, 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 uh, the dark, I guess the Sith in, um, uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Um... Uh, Ahsoka's episode will be uh, spread across three different points of her life, with Count Dooku's episodes having this, having a similar format, and will focus on his life as a Jedi before uh, he turns the dark side. And then the, the big news on top of that was Liam Neeson will return to voice Qui-Gon Jinn, um, and will appear in Count Dooku's episodes. The episodes that feature a younger Qui-Gon Jinn will be voiced by Liam Neeson's son, Michael. So, Ernesto, your thoughts? I know you said you weren't you haven't watched too much of the animated series, but looks like they're focusing back on some of the characters that we know. Well, it just seems like 
like they're taking all right who's who are the characters that everybody liked like everybody shits on the prequels but like one of the coolest part of the the prequels was count dooku oh yeah so i mean it's going to be interesting i mean yeah we're going to see a young qui-gon so i i, I, I think... mean what I, what i think what what i like about what what I don't, what I do and don't like is that they're kind of oversaturating us with like a lot of Star Wars shit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, well, that it's not for everybody. Like, not everything's not going to be for everybody. Like, I don't feel a need to go and like I don't feel rushed to go watch Boba Fett. Like, if I feel mm-hmm. the need to want to dive mm-hmm. into it, but I feel like, well, I say that with a caveat because isn't like half a part of Boba Fett like like part of Mandalorian like a prequel to the next season of Mandalorian. It eventually came that way, but yes, it didn't start that way, but the second half of it was like, you know what? You know what this Boba Fett show needs? Mando. Nobody asked for it, but here it is. And then everyone was like, oh my god, I love the second half of Boba Fett. It was amazing. Was, yeah, because it had nothing to do with fucking Boba Fett. It was all Mando. So, yeah, I can understand that. Well, there. see, but then that's the, well, then that's that's the other problem. Like they're giving mm-hmm. us too much. Like, and what was it? Only like six episodes. Yeah, just six episodes. Yep. So like, you didn't even you didn't have enough to justify giving him a, a six episode arc that you had to tie in another major character to, to carry him to the finish line. Right. No, I, I that was my that was one of one of my problems with the with the show that the fact that they did that and it's like we didn't need that he didn't need to be in this at all we didn't we uh, for that you so, could yeah. just give him a character arc of a few episodes in Mandalorian and just tie yeah. him into there especially exactly. if you're gonna make us watch it anyway yeah <laughs> yeah hundred percent agree with you on that so um, like it so like it sounds so like w- this stuff sounds it sounds cool but then it's like all right is it gonna be too much <laughs> I think it is. We're getting it, I, we're slow, we're getting close, <laughs> but I mean that that same argument can be said uh, with you know Star Wars and now with Marvel. There's probably not a month that goes by that you don't have a piece of Marvel content to look at. Granted, it's it's different characters. Well, well not only that, it's but it's different because in Marvel we're still we're still continuing on in the world. Like yes. we're still we're still building a timeline. Whereas Star Wars, I feel like. This between the nine movies, that's your timeline, and then everything that comes out is just squeezing in between. It's like, all right, you're gonna Rogue One, you're going there, Mando, <laughs> you're gonna fucking squeeze in right there. <laughs> I think too the the problem with that is if you're, I, I think I heard there's something that's a prequel to Rogue One coming out. It's like. It's called Andor, you, yeah. You you do something like that, and you're like, you really have to be careful with your storytelling, because otherwise you're going to undermine what already came before. Like, you know, it's mm. it's a very tricky thing. And that that's that right there is what's happening with Obi Wan right now. I don't personally feel that, but I've already spoken to a few people who are like, that's that's causing a problems for New Hope. And if oh. there's one thing, if there's one thing you know about Star Wars, you don't mess with the original trilogy. Once you Only fuck George with those, Lucas can do that. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And so, like, <clears throat> I wouldn't say that it's a big deal, but there people are like, I, I, uh, mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that one. So that's the problem that Obi Wan's running into so, so un- without, at the moment. Without giving anything away. Yeah. From what you've seen, what do you see anything that kind of is messing with? Some things that happen in the in the original movie. I I, I feel like they I feel like they're hiccups. Like they're 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 riding a very thin line here. They haven't crossed it yet. 
but they're on a thin line where I'm like, okay, well, if, and then, and this is where like you kind of get nitpicky on the, on the verbiage, right? Cause like a certain character said a certain line in, in a new hope, but that has nothing to do with Obi-Wan's doing right now. So if you take that literally, then I can understand where people might get frustrated on that particular conversation. But I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not a do or die Star Wars guy. I, I like Star Wars, but I'm not gonna like go up with <clears throat> port, uh, pitchforks and, and like flame torches and be like, no, this is, this, you cannot mess with this. I'm not, that's, that's not, that's not my game. I was like, I see what you're doing. Just be careful. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, <clears throat> but I've seen the Clone Wars and so, I don't know if Filoni's involved in the tales uh, of the tales of the Jedi, this anthology series. Um, but I think this is a good way to focus on other Jedi's around the Star Wars universe, um, like Count Dooku and Ahsoka. And um, so I, I'm gonna watch it. This is very similar to more animated stuff like the Bad Batch coming soon um, from 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 Star Wars. And so I did read an interesting article that the future of Star Wars is in television not in the movies, and it feels like there's a lot more successes on Disney Plus than there has ever been in the last three movies they put out so far. So, unfortunately, if you're like, you're, if Star Wars is too saturated, under the under Disney's hands, that's going to stay that way. You're going to get Star Wars content as much as you can, as much as they want you to, unfortunately. Or fortunately, depending on how much of a fan you are. Uh, but the last bit of Star Wars news is that uh, The Mandalorian Season 3 will officially return. That's no surprise there. But they gave out a release date of February 2023. And they also said that Ahsoka will air later in 2023 as well. Um, and then lastly, to kind of round out all the Star Wars celebration news, Disney uncovered the first official image of Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones in Indiana Jones 5. Um, that movie will be coming out June of 2023. You can see that image on our Instagram page page and our Facebook page at box office uh, on Instagram at box office underscore Bingers and on Facebook at box office Bingers. Um, but we see that image of Mr. Harrison Ford donning the fedora and the whip and the jacket. And it's like, I'm very excited for that movie, Ernesto. <clears throat> is he going to, is it going to be like star Wars part two? Where, All right, I'm here. I'm here to save the day, but I'm old and cranky. <laughs> and then I'm going to die. <laughs> I feel like the saving grace for that movie is the fact that James Mangold is in the director's chair. That's he gave us point. he gave us Logan and he gave us Ford v Ferrari. Yeah, so is he going to give us Logan at but like an Indiana Jones version of Logan? That's what I <laughs> that's what I want, Ernesto. Don't don't ruin my dreams, damn it. <laughs> Cracking the whip. His last words, snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Snakes. <laughs> and then dies with a whip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, he, if that happens, I'm like, that's a winner in my book. <laughs> um, it, it, this definitely feels like a one last ride for Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford, hopefully. Matt, are you any, any excitement for Indiana Jones? I mean, this is news to me. I didn't even think they'd make one after the last one i think that was kind of a flop i I, I didn't see it myself but i heard bad things so i'm like really surprised that they would like try to put one more in the franchise even if it is the last one um i hope it's good is it the last one though (laughs) honestly money talks ernesto we'll see you know with that disney money they're just gonna cgi everybody and eventually like they'll keep it going forever (laughs) i I think i i heard something that they're gonna talk. They're talks to do that with Stan Lee. 
to like CGI yeah. his likeness he, back he, into Marvel. I think Marvel they movies. just uh, Marvel or Disney just got his likeness back, so who mm-hmm. knows what they're gonna do? I feel like that would be in bad taste. That's my I, opinion. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think they made an interesting decision not to continue on his uh, cameos. I think you could have tastefully continued to do that, like in, you know. Uh, I don't know, like in billboards or posters or something yes. along those lines where we could have still seen his face as a cameo. But the, now I'm not sure if they had to get his likeness now, but it feels like that since they do have his likeness, <laughs> you, you know, your, your mind wanders. and like, well, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would understand like maybe like like you're in a scene with a character and maybe like their coaster is like a picture of his face and it's sure. like, a, like the name, like, and then here and there, like little things like that. But I don't want to see him come in and do the Excelsior thing. Like that's going to be too much. <laughs> I, I, yes, I totally agree. Spider-Man's going to take off his mask and it's going to be Stan Lee. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That might happen in into the spider verse is all of a sudden yeah. one of the alternate universes. He just pops out. It's like Excelsior. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to see that. It's like, that, that's not my Spider-Man. You're not Peter Parker. Like, Fuck this movie. And I just walked out. <laughs> walks out. Not my Spider-Man. Not my Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that's all the news that came out of Star Wars Celebration 2022. If you are uh, looking to go to one of those conventions in 2023, they're going to be in Europe. So you got to get a passport for that one. It was in Anaheim last year. I'll just uh, get to the news drops online. There you go. Like every, <laughs> it'll, it'll it'll hit the same. <laughs> you don't want to be in a. <laughs> wait eight hours to see a trailer. <laughs> hey, those people go nuts for that trailer, man. They yeah. go. It's it's almost like, hey, do you want to see the trailer? And everyone freaks out. And then immediately yeah. after they watch the trailer, like now it's online. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was exclusive as of 5.05 and 5.07 and 5.10, now the world can watch it. And then like and like an hour later, it's like, oh, look, it's already got 123 million views. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't have to wait eight hours in line with sweaty other people to go see it. And they spent like $500 to walk in the building. Like. <laughs> yeah. All that is true. Uh, moving, <laughs> moving out of Star Wars, um, a Speed Racer live action series is, is in the works at Apple TV Plus with J.J. Abrams on board as an executive producer under his Bad Robot production company. Apple has given the project a series order. Ron uh, Fritz Fitzgerald, yeah, I don't know why they've jumped over that one. Uh, should be this one. And Harum, Harim Martin. Hiram Martinez. Mart- Martinez. Martinez, yeah. Um, Ron Fitzgerald worked on Westworld and Perry Madison, and uh, Martinez worked on Show, Piercer, and The Last Ship. They are attached to write and executive produce, in addition to serving as the co-showrunners. The series will heavily be derived from the original source material of the classic 1960s manga series. Um, Matt, I'll toss this one over to you. Did you ever read, watch Speed Racer... This is news to you. Are you excited that they're bringing this back? Um, well, I mean, I saw the original Speed Racer cartoons when I was a kid. Um, I, I've always had a fixation with like cars and animation, so I liked it when I was a kid. The live-action movie that came out however, however many years ago, I'm probably in the small minority that actually enjoyed it. It felt very bombastic, over-the-top anime style, so I, I don't see anything wrong with them 
doing something with it. And J.J. Abrams is pretty solid, so yeah. I don't I don't think it could be worse than the live action movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think you're in good company because I also am under the small majority who actually did like the Speed Racer movie that came out a few years ago. Um, Ernesto, your your thoughts on this? Well, I'm just saying, if Apple TV Plus is picking it up, then it's already it. They they seem their shows don't really seem to disappoint. So mm, that's um, good. That's a good point. I, I mean, Severance. Uh, what's 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 the other one we watched? I uh, just lost them. <laughs> I just like all, all their you know, all their original yeah. films. No, but like everything that I feel like that I've watched on there, I've more or less enjoyed. Like there's nothing really bad that I've really that I've watched on there. You watch Search Party, their the comedy series. Yeah, uh, was it was it Search Party after the After, after party, party? That's what it was called. After Party. Yeah, I, and then of course, how can you forget about the Morning Show and Ted oh, Lasso? Yeah, the morning Show, Ted Lasso, of course. Those are the big ones, at least that I've seen. Um, the but you're right. I think uh, Apple TV Plus puts a lot of quality in their shows, yeah. and now it does feel like that we. I mean, they have also announced that a Godzilla series is in the works. We had talked about that a while ago, and just recently they announced that Matt Shankman uh, or Shackman, the director of Wandavision, and the soon to be, and also the, attached to direct the upcoming Star Star Trek. Uh, film is also on board to direct the first two episodes of Godzilla, uh, the TV series on Apple TV Plus. So I think that Apple is now getting into large IPs that they can put on their streaming service. Mm-hmm. So and but to your point, Ernesto, they also put a lot of quality into their shows. So I think hopefully with the guidance of J.J. Abrams, um, we can have a pretty good show that come out of this and maybe something we've never seen before. I know that they. Netflix had tried an anime series, Cowboy Bebop, a while back. <laughs> uh, I know that you know streaming services are trying to get into the anime game. I, it's like Matt, this it seems <laughs> right. Matt, we, what were your thoughts? Did you watch that? I watched about three episodes and I couldn't take it anymore. Um, Was it that bad? Well, I'm a big fan of the original series and. Uh, Cowboy Bebop as a live action was in like production hell for like an eternity where at one point Keanu Reeves was attached to star in it. So that's how far back it was, um, you know, floated. So they, I think they just took too many liberties and trying to like stretch it out to be like your typical Netflix show. Um, instead of, mm. I mean, you don't need a one-to-one adaptation, but, uh, yeah, it, with a, a property like that, you got so much hype and I, you know, I don't think they made it bad on purpose, but I'd enjoy it. So, so in your standpoint, you weren't shocked when they canceled it like pretty quickly. Not at all, no. Well, I, I know a lot of people were. I was interested in watching the show, um, but I, I wasn't like on board to, to watch it immediately. And Ernesto and I talked about this when they cancel shows that quickly. It, it lessens the value of even trying to go and watch it because I'm like, well, what's the point? They're not even going to continue it. Yeah. Um, so that's unfortunate to hear. Hopefully Speed Racer doesn't have the same fate, but it's not on Netflix. So I guess there's something to be looked at there. Um, and the last bit of news, uh, coming out of Sony has officially confirmed in an investor briefing that three more TV shows are in the works based on popular PlayStation video game franchises. As previously announced, we talked about this one two weeks ago, a God of War series is in the works at Amazon Prime from the Expense creators and the Wheel of Time producers. Newly announced is a development for Netflix. Uh, I'm sorry, I skipped the line. Uh, newly announced is a TV adaptation of Horizon Zero Dawn that is officially in development for Netflix, and a Grand Tur- uh, Turismo series that is also in the uh, in the works, though no specific streaming services uh, was mentioned being. A- 
Tatooit. Uh, these shows would join other PlayStation franchises getting their own TV adaptations, like The Last of Us for HBO, Twisted Metal for Peacock, as well as a film adaptation of Uncharted, which we talked about two weeks ago, and Ghost of T. Uh, to Tsushima. <laughs> yeah, I always screw it up. I, 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 Ernesto knew it was coming too. He's I like, oh, I can't wait. He's like, I can't wait till he gets the fucking that word. <laughs> I was like, I wonder what he's gonna say this time. <laughs> Think, oh, he tries. It's so cute. Yeah, you got it though. He, he helped you. Matt but K helped he, you a little he, bit, but you got he, it. Yeah, he kind of did. Um, but yeah, so Sony is kind of just like shopping around, like, hey, we have all these video game franchises, we want to turn them into TV and movie stuff. So, Matt, uh, uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on some of some of? That? Have you played any of these games? Um, yeah, I used to play a lot of Gran Turismo, so I'm I'm interested in that because uh, some years ago they did have an announcement for a live action movie. I think Avi Arad was attached to it, and mm. they, they never said what really was going to happen. It was supposed to be. A story-based movie where you have a driver who's the main character, but they really didn't have anything, and it kind of fizzled out. Um, so I'm curious to see if maybe this is like is a show like a kind of like a, a reality show because they had um, a program before where it was like a, a reality series where they had like a driver's school and through eliminations, one person who won would actually become a professional race car driver. Oh. Um, the goal was to take these people who are gamers and see if they could translate that into real world. Um, and it was successful. I think it was a couple seasons, but I don't, I'm curious to see what this one comes out to be. If it's an actual story, an actual show, or is it more like a reality kind of thing? Oh, that's interesting. Ernesto, your thoughts on any of this? <clears throat> um, I mean, I'm excited for all this, but it does seem like what Sony's doing, like they're putting it all out there on all these other ones first. And then, I mean, it's only a matter of time before Sony starts their own streaming service. Well, they do. They have one. It's called Stars. They just don't. They they choose to sell their properties rather than bolster their own. You think? So, but I mean, like, what I mean is like, it, it's gonna come to a point where they're gonna want to consolidate, like how Disney did. Well, you're, you're. I mean, I thought the same thing until in the pandemic when they had the option of like, well, we have all these movies. They sold so many movies. Like the fatherhood, Mitchell's versus the machines. Uh, there were a few others that was that was theirs, and they were like, "All right, you want one? Here you go. You can have one." Uh, hey, HBO, yeah, you can take this one. Uh, Netflix, go ahead, you can take that one. Um, they saved the big ones like Spider-Man and and Ghostbusters uh, for themselves in the theaters, but there was a lot of little-ish movies that they saved, and so now Sony's. They're like, why? And they also struck a deal with Netflix to have all their 2022 movies on their streaming service first, and then later will go to Disney+. Plus. Um, they, I don't think they have any interest in trying to compete in the streaming wars. We're like, we make more money selling our shit to you instead of, instead of asking people to come to us. Because didn't at one point, didn't PlayStation have their own like mini streaming service? They would put like little shows and stuff on there. Yeah, it was it wasn't streaming though. I think it was like a digital play store, somewhere you could like rent or buy uh, media. Well, there was that, but they also had their original shows that was part of the PlayStation Plus subscription. So I guess you can kind of say that that was their own subscription service that had very little TV shows and like a, exclusive programming um, related to them. 
there was one show that was uh, I, I don't think it, at the time it wasn't you didn't have to pay for it um, because playing online at PlayStation was free. Um, and there Good was a reality, I know, Good right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was a reality show that they had on there where they took gamers, like similar to what Matt was saying. Um, and they, like, who's the, who's the ultimate gamer. And if you beat all these challenges, then you got to be a game tester for mm. a, for Santa Monica studios. And so that's, that's the company that gave us God of War. So. They so that was like I think they lasted like two or three seasons and it was a fun watch too. You, you have all these nerds trying to go out and do these ridiculous competitions and only the last mission had anything to do with video games. It was great. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, we talked about this two weeks ago. I'm really excited about God of War. I've played God of War. It's a great time to. Uh, it's a great you know playing through that game. I know there's a lot of love for Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, the fact that Netflix picked it up is interesting. Um, but yeah, Sony's just, you know, soon, I think either later, probably next year, early next year, we're going to get the Last of Us series underway. So, and these yeah. are all live action? These are all, yeah, none of these are uh, animated. These are all oh, live wow. action stuff. So I'm actually really excited for the Twisted Metal one, too. Because I, I, I used to love that game. <laughs> yeah, and and it's, uh, and, and Anthony Mackie is going to be starring in it as well. And so I think. Well, yeah, I saw that too. The clown. <laughs> I did see that too, uh, or at least voicing the clown. I'm not sure yeah. if he's in it. Either way, but he's he's involved, and yeah, I mean that looks crazy too. So like, so far, you know, they gave us Uncharted, and that wasn't bad. So I'm very curious to see if any of these shows and movies kind of are on par with Uncharted, or it goes like above and beyond stuff, and they actually got their you know they got their shit together with these live action adaptations. I just think you need to stay true to the theme and feel that the games put out because then you're going to be selling this to people who have spent a lot of time in these worlds playing playing these properties Mm -hmm. it's not the same as like watching a marvel movie like people spend way more time in the world with these games yeah oh no absolutely and and we talked about this uh, again two weeks ago um that they you you spend hours with these characters. You spend hours with these stories. You can choose to go on side missions if you want to, um, and ex- and you know they come out with um, what do you call it? like DLCs for the games as well. So uh, all that's really you know you are investing a lot of time to it, or as much time you want to invest into it. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of pressure riding on these video game adaptations. And we talked about Sonic being a success for what it was for for video game adaptation. So I think the same will also be said when it comes to Super Mario when that comes out uh, <laughs> oh, next yeah. summer. So <laughs> a, lot, a lot of pressure on that one. Um, but anyway, that's all the news we have for you guys this week. As always, you can hit us up on our social media channels on Instagram at boxoffice underscore bingers and on Facebook at boxofficebingers for all of the latest and breaking news there. We'll post them over there first, and then we'll talk about it over here on the podcast. But uh, now we're going to move... move uh, now we're going to be moving hard. on. Words are hard, especially when you try to speak fast. Now we are moving on to a fun segment we like to call What You're Watching. So, Matt, we'll start with you. What have you been watching? Um, I just finished season two of Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex 2045 on Netflix. Um, hmm. I binged that last weekend. And I am almost done with all the episodes available for Stranger Things. Ooh, what are you, what are your thoughts on Stranger Things? I like it. I mean, it's it's hard to really like 
dislike it. I feel like it <laughs> it hits all the right points of like nostalgia for like that kind of era, and mm-hmm. you know, it's um you could definitely tell like the Duffer Brothers really like like to I guess reference or like you know have callbacks to like real world media from that time, like the movies of that era, the music and stuff. So I feel like it's there's passion behind it. They're not just like you know throwing it out there for oh remember that thing or this thing like there's it feels very realistic i guess in the world that they built uh are, do you like the direction that they're going with this season as from 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 previous seasons because i feel like this season is a little bit different than past seasons mm-hmm. it feels like it's more borderline supernatural than like sci-fi horror mystery in a way like they're you know it feels like I mean, I don't want to spoil too much or anything, but it feels like mm-hmm. this bad guy feels more like a supernatural being than like he's just a monster. Right, right. Ernesto, we're, I know we. I know you said you started it. Did you get any further from the last time we spoke? I think <clears throat> we watched the third episode. <laughs> we've watched one oh, more. Yeah, one more. Okay. Yes, yeah, we've watched one one more episode. I mean, I just I kind of like for, at least for now everything is just really dark. Like yes, we're, we're still uncover. I mean, we're still uncovering. We're still learning. A lot was going on. I mean, we're not even halfway through yet. But, I mean, you know, each episode is like its own movie. <laughs> it's yeah. so long. It's like an hour and 15 minute at minimum. And then, so we had just finished Stranger Things last night. So we are, we watched all seven episodes leading up to this point. They they leave you on a little bit of a cliffhanger to some degree. Um, and they do kind of reveal certain things um, so far in the show. And I don't want to give away anything. Um, but I was, I was thinking about it and I was, and so far it's just like, there's, there's a lot of story they're trying to tell. And I feel like I'm gravitating toward one story over the other. So when we cut mm. to another uh, person's story, I'm like, ah, well, this is the down part of the show because I don't care about that story as much as I care about what's going on over there. And that's the problem that I'm having with all because these episodes are long, but we're following four different stories that assume will connect at the end when we get volume two later, like next month. So I don't know. Are you hitting a roadblock with that, Ernesto, or are you fine with the structure? I think I'm still early on where it hasn't affected me yet, but I do feel that there is a lot going on, like Mm -hmm. like just between the friends and what could be going on with Hopper and and this other and this new being, which they he let me just he was just randomly introduced into the season, right? Like, or did we yeah. get a preview of him? No, right? No, no. Okay. You, it, the the character is the villain, I guess, is called Vecna. Vecna. And but you will you will learn more about Vecna in the later episodes. In, like, this, in this half of the season. In this half of the season, yeah. So okay. that that will come that will come, you know, things will start making a little bit more sense to you once the episodes once you watch more episodes. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean as right now we're at a stopping point. I, I find it weird that come July first we're just gonna have two episodes to watch and one of them is an hour and forty and the other one's two and a half hours and Yeah, that's crazy. Two you couldn't have just made it three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna tell me at no point in these two and a half hours there's a natural point for you to go, All right, let's take a break. <laughs> let's stop right here. And and again, we, we talked about this before. It's like, well, wait a minute. So so this is not the end of the show. There's a whole nother season. This this is finale shit you pull. Not 
You don't do it. Wasn't this supposed to be the last season? Where uh, maybe I, I read something wrong, but I, I was understood that uh, this was the final season. Like they're wrapping things up, everything. They they were yes, and then it was announced a few months ago. So when they announced that uh, Stranger Things season four was going to be split into two parts, they also announced that season five will be the epic conclusion. What they call. Uh, so that was a few months ago when they had announced it. Because, yes, uh, a lot of people, including myself, thought that season four was the last season. So, like, okay, if this was the last season, then and you think, okay, then a two-hour finale, two-and-a-half-hour finale. Yeah. Sure, I get it. It's this big, epic thing that they're concluding. And, honestly, with the villain and with the story they're trying to tell, it does feel like the end. Mm-hmm. So, so like if this isn't it what what are you what are you giving us next season it's hard net- to imagine where it's gonna go uh things they seem like they're escalating pretty well in this season that it's like there's more unless right. the next season is like it's each it's gonna be in two parts again and then season the part one's gonna be like four episodes each episode like two and a half hours long <laughs> and then the finale is going to be one episode four hours four, four hours <laughs> long. end game, end game. End game. <laughs> you no one asked for it but here it is Zack Zack Snyder's Stranger Things <laughs> like Netflix is like hey you don't see you don't see our stock prices we need one more season we need you to do one more season of Stranger Things they're, yeah, they're, the, gonna, they're gonna bring Barb back from season one just everybody who's ever been <laughs> in the show is just coming in at the last minute for the final battle. (laughs) Um, I think one thing is apparent about this season, though. It is dark, and Mm -hmm. it is, is like, graphic. I am am shocked of how graphic it is and how much we are put... They're literally putting that in your face. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm disturbed right now. I don't don't like this. It's like I told you. They're they're building those Halloween Horror Night houses. They they really are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean that that opening scene with Eleven's walking through the 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 psychiatric hospital. Like mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, I could see myself walking through this house right now. Yeah, I mean, it it's there. <laughs> They've done it before. It was They'll intense. definitely do. Yeah, it was yeah, intense. Exactly. Um, Matt, where, where where are you? You said you had a few, one more episode to go, two more episodes. I'm on the last episode. I think I started it up until the opening credit sequence, so I really haven't seen it. But I've mm seen everything else oh so you're in the last episode okay yeah oh that, okay um i saw the runtime and i'm like you know what i i, I just better go to bed like that's a that's a hard commitment there sir i don't know but i need a break <laughs> especially of how that last episode ended too, episode six um i can i can definitely see why when you found a stopping point after that it's like yep I'm going to stop right here. Yeah. I got I got the resolution on that little bit, and we're going to move on. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm just shocked at how gruesome it is. I, I felt like the show was never about, you know, it, I, I, yeah, I never felt that it was about the gore. And it feels like this season that they are. And I don't know if it's because they were just given the money to do so, if they're hyping up to be, like, this big villain. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not 100% okay with it. And... Where we left off, I feel like that I'm not a, I'm not 100% for this season as I was for season three. I w- I really really enjoyed season three, so hopefully season four will end on a strong note. Uh, because I mean I like what they have so far this season, but 
ultimately, I, I feel like it's lacking from what season three brought me. I'm not sure if you got that same vibe, Matt, or if you liked earlier seasons. I almost feel like with the way they've been progressing each season to kind of like, they always like up the, the one before it. Like, I feel like they're kind of like painting themselves in a corner, which is why I thought this was the last season mm-hmm. because I, I can understand like, Oh, they're going for a really big finale and stuff. But if they got more coming after this, then I, I don't know. It's, it, it, I'm not like not enjoying it for sure, but I, I get what you're saying too, that it's, uh, it's definitely gone in a different direction, which, Maybe, you know, because in the earlier seasons they can go light on the horror aspect or the gore and it's, you know, it's more of a, um, a storytelling thing where they're not like, you know, they're not showing everything. Like they're kind of implying these kind of like gruesome things and now mm. it's, they kind of got to lay it all out there. And also with with a budget of $30 million an episode, I guess you can afford yeah. to do that now too. <laughs> but it, it also, it, it just seems like the show, everything about the show has grown up with the kids because like mm-hmm. if you look at them from last their last season to now like they're like almost a, they're like little adults now <laughs> yeah they are some of them are like oh my god you've gotten taller they're <laughs> supposed to be in ninth grade yeah, yeah. i don't buy it <laughs> like, like, you look like a grown-ass man like, <laughs> yeah, yeah <right. laughs> So I thought that Steve and Nancy, like they graduated already. He's like, oh no, we're seniors in high school. I'm like, bullshit. You're in your twenties. Steve graduated though. Did he, he graduate? Was, yeah, yeah. I think he is. Okay, all right, that but makes Nancy's more sense. Still, the video she's a senior. Yeah. Nancy's a senior. Okay, yeah. That one, that that one didn't. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm not buying it. Any of these kids are freshmen in high school. I mean, you no, can the say that. The only one I can buy is. Um, the weird dude Eddie, the the leader of the the D and D club, because like I yeah. think they implied like he failed like three times. They so. did, yeah. He's <laughs> like, this is my year. Yeah. <laughs> <That> tracks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so I'm curious to hear uh, uh, you guys' thoughts on you know the, the finale of Stranger Things, at least coming up to like the final episodes and um and so yeah, any anything else you've been watching, Matt? Um, hmm. I. I I uh, I know I'm late on this, but I had you know within the last month um, binge watched the boys in preparation for the new season, which you know is just dropping. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I'm looking forward to getting into that, but I'm I know I'm late on on something like that, which everyone's been like, you haven't seen the boys, but right. I have seen the boys. <laughs> I have now seen it. <laughs> uh, and and I'm assuming you liked it if you got it through all the way to season two. Oh yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was always something on my list, but it's with so many shows and platforms mm. all having their own content, it's like I kind of got to be like picky with what I spend my free time on. So it was always one of the things like, I'll watch that later, I'll watch that later, and I just decided to finally do it. And you binge the first two seasons back to back? Yeah, all oh, okay. in like a week. Mm. Oh, nice. That, that's a lot. That's a lot there, too. See, but it's <laughs> yeah. nice. That's But sometimes it's nice when you come up late on a show because then, like, mm. oh, now I've got – this is going to take me – this is going to take me a while. Because <laughs> like, then, you know, then what's the opposite of that? Like, you're in that show hole, like, mm-hmm. scrolling, like, trying to find something. Also, too, like, you watch a show and, like, if there's, like, a gap of, like, a couple years between seasons and the new one comes out, like, you're waiting for it, but it's, like, almost like – what happened in the last season again? Like this way, I'm <laughs> yep. like all the way through. I'm fresh. I'm like, I can That's go true. into it and not like you know have to be like, oh, I remember this guy was doing that and you know whatever. So, 
yeah, how I that... felt how I felt going into Stranger Things. I was yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm really appreciating this recap right now. <laughs> yeah, I wa- we watched a 20 minute video of like here's everything you need to know about Stranger Things, and I'm like, thank mm. God, because I don't know what the hell's I don't remember who who's who are you? Uh, I would... <laughs> Why do you know these children? I don't understand you, old man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's that's me with the uh, Westworld. For some reason, I. Like it's a show that I'm always late on, but I always watch it close to the when the next season comes out. But then I don't finish that season. Then it's a, just a repeating cycle. So like season four is about to drop right now, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when I binge season one to watch season two, and then I didn't, and then I then I binge watch season two for season three, and then I watched like the first two episodes of season three, and then I dropped off again. I don't know what's what's <laughs> up with that, but um, it always a nice feeling that when you get to just immediately watch the next season. Um, as opposed to what you were saying, like I was caught up with the boys for a while, so now I need a little recap. I'm like, I don't remember what the fuck's going on with this show. Westworld's coming back too. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, <up>. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and that uh, I think you you've also mentioned that you watched the Batman. You had some things to say about that one. Oh yeah, I mean, personally, I think it's the best Batman movie, uh, in my opinion. I know uh, Dark Knight is like top tier for so many people but i think it's kind of just been like beaten to death that it's like i can't watch it and get anything out of it anymore it's you know we live in a society (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no the the batman i loved it i loved uh i think it had the right mixture of action not too much but the I, i like more story focused things so I really like that it, you know, played on building up this, you know, case and stuff like that. Yeah, it was definitely... We we, we needed you when we were talking to David. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I actually watched the whole movie, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, Ernesto told me that you listened to that episode, and and David had a lot of things to say about it, and so did Estevan as well. Uh, But he was very passionate of how much he did not like this movie. (laughs) um and um yeah i i he might be go ahead yeah i just think it's hard to to fully weigh on in a movie where you don't watch the last like you know 45 minutes or so where it's like Mm -hmm. how can you say how good or it was or wasn't when you know there's still a whole you know third act like granted the movie did take a while to get there and it kind of felt like it was ramping up and about to finish and then something else happens again but i mean it's right yeah, I think it kind of like made up for some of the slow parts it dragged in. Mm. So, are you excited for the second movie and the Colin Farrell series? I'm excited for the movie, the series. I'm, I'm more of a movie guy. I like to get all my stuff in a movie. You know, it's it's easier to to consume. You got you know a couple hours and that's it. Whereas show, you're waiting every week. You know, there's it, I feel like it it can work depending on the character and what you're trying to tell. Um, but I like my preference is I'd rather just get it all in a movie where, but if they did like a penguin, like spinoff movie, I probably wouldn't see that either. Just cause like, <laughs> it's like what are you I gonna mean, give me? <laughs> it, it's not like the character I'm there for, you know, I, I thought he was good in the movie, but a whole series, uh, around the penguin. I mean, 
it could be good. I I could be totally wrong, but it's just it gives off like Gotham vibes or CW Ooh. vibes where it's like mm-hmm. I don't want to see I hope this. Not. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I I know Matt Reeves is involved in the show, and I know they might have announced some other creators. And Colin Farrell said he will return as the Penguin. Um, I I feel like with you know Marvel's doing it, and now DC's getting into that as well. But you have these movies, and then you spin them off into TV shows to expand the stories and. We're just getting more of the same property. They did it with uh, the Suicide Squad and then with Peacemaker. So I, I feel like that if you really – it's for that audience that really likes it. So if, if, you're, if you're into that, then go right ahead. But if you just want to watch the movie, then this isn't this, – obviously these new shows and stuff is for you. And like also like what you said, there's a lot of stuff out there to watch. And some people like the same things. Other people like to watch you know different TV Instead of the same movie and TV, I, I don't mind them doing spinoffs. I think like people should like whatever they like, and if that's what you like, that's for you. But what I don't like is when they make movies that hinge on things that happen in these shows, where they force you to have to stay current on everything. Like it's just it's so annoying to me. Like I I went in like I never saw any of these like Marvel sh- or you know Marvel Disney shows, and I forced myself to watch. WandaVision in preparation for Doctor Strange and I walked watched Doctor Strange and I'm like I could have just read the like the summary of this <laughs> on Wikipedia or something I didn't even subject myself to this so it's well, just I mean, a little annoying WandaVision wasn't that bad of a like a torture watch no but the payoff for watching a show to see what the movie like takes from it it really wasn't like that much where like I could have just watched Doctor Strange and like probably been able to keep up without needing to like see like however many episodes WandaVision was, you know? That's very true. I mean, they, they they talked, even though a lot of, you know, a lot of that movie was about her finding her kids and that was, you know, predicated on the events of WandaVision, the movie did do a decent job of catching people up if you didn't watch the show. Can I, uh, can I just say one thing too? Like, those sure. kids are annoying as shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? She's doing it all, all of this for these two kids? Like, nah, come on. They're like, they're, they're imaginary anyways. Like, you know... <laughs> What are we doing? I'm not going to disagree with you, man. It's I honestly, to me, it's like, I don't think they're good actors. Those kids are not good actors. And and the fact that to me, it's a poor performance on those kids. Then that lacks the, why do I care about them? Wonder why do you care about them? Yeah, they're kids. It's It's just amazing to me that kids could not act as kids. (laughs) <laughs> like, like, they, like someone told them how to act as a kid. Like, I was just like, nah, this ain't it. <laughs> this is not it. Just be you, Jesus. Yeah, like... <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I did, well, since we're on the topic, did you like Doctor Strange? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Oh my great. god. Okay. I don't. Um, I think we disagree. Yeah. No. Now, it, but... <laughs> I watched it in three D too, so I think the special Ooh. effects were definitely like enhanced by. You know what, especially like a movie like Doctor Strange is so visual. Like, it, no, nah, it was great. I liked it. No, did you like it because it was not not any similar? It wasn't like Marvel movies. It wasn't like a typical one. Yeah, it. it I like too, like the whole multiverse aspect. I know it's going to get beaten to death. Like, you know, <laughs> everything's multiverse these days. You know, but it's. Uh, I think it did it well. Like, you got to see. I think there was some fan you know, fan service there where you got to see multiverse variant, you know, mm. of different characters and stuff. So I think if mm-hmm. you're a Marvel fan, I think it, there's lots in there to enjoy. 
Um, and it didn't feel exactly like a regular Marvel movie. You know, I guess Sam Raimi did his like horror thing. You know, it's um, it, I, I liked it. it. I liked it certainly more than the first Doctor Strange. The first Doctor Strange, I was kind of yeah. lukewarm on him. Like it's a mm. it's a Tony Stark, you know, wrapped in a different, you know, <laughs> yes. package. You know, it, it felt very similar to what we'd seen before, you know. So they, I think they did a lot better with the the second one. Okay. Now, if you can make it to the theaters, I would suggest seeing Everything Everywhere All at Once. I want to see that. What a what a great movie. It's, <laughs> so, I'll, I'll so tell you good. what, it, it's a better multiverse movie uh, if we're comparing those two. Um, that, I mean, it's a very different story, and there's not a huge franchise tied to it, but it, it's definitely worth a watch. We had talked about that movie a few episodes ago, and yeah, it's... It's it's something. I mean, it's I, it's hard to explain the movie, and but that's one of his best. That's a, that's one of his best qualities is that I can't yeah, explain how, it. How great! It's great how different it is. Yes, very much so. I think we need more of that too. Like you know, everything's yeah. mm-hmm. built on these franchises and stuff. But once uh, you know, we, every year, or every couple of years, that one movie comes out that just does its own thing and it does it well. That yes. it reminds you like there are other movies out there than the next. You know. Marvel, DC, Star Wars thing, you know, it's, I, I like That's that, true. it's refreshing. Yes, yeah, and unfor- unfortunately that doesn't happen as often as it should, mm-hmm. uh, because movies are playing it safe and they're going to, you know, put money down on what's going to bring them money, and the the obscure bet of, like, this unknown property, it's a gamble, and sometimes studios don't want to do that, but that's a shame. I mean, uh, A24 because... seems to be into that kind of niche market, I guess, mm-hmm. where we're going to do something that's different and, you know, we're just, you know, that's our thing. And they've had successes with that uh, for, for many of their movies as well. Um, but Ernesto, what have you been watching? Um, I don't have much. As we already talked, I've already, I've we only watched one episode of Stranger Things. And oddly, the only other thing I'm watching, oddly enough, I'm watching season two of Hacks with... Mm-hmm. Um, Gene Smart. Gene Smart, yep. Um, it's actually really good. I actually think this season is better than the first one. Really? Like, it's funny. Like, I don't know. The jokes are just landing. It's it's kind of witty. Um, she plays uh, Matt K. She play, she's like this, like this Las Vegas uh, casino comedian, and she hires this comedy writer, and it's like, like you know, old cop it's like a an older person with somebody young and their differences and how they're actually alike and kind of like a their buddy cop story like almost going what, what is uh what's the show what's it on because it's hacks hacks hbo max okay um with uh gene smart what's this other girl's name hannah in binder and binder yeah she's pretty yeah. funny she's okay. pretty funny and it's it's yeah, hbo has some good stuff they do. There's some weird shit on there too. Like, <laughs> like I, like I recently checked out of a show called uh, uh, Made for Love, where it's like this guy. He's like the Google creator of their world, and he puts a chip inside his girlfriend's brain, and he can like see everything she's doing. Like he can like track all her orgasms, and then she has, oh, and he has, <laughs> he has her like rate them. It's like, would you rate this a four out of five? <laughs> <laughs> and it was, just, and it's like her trying to get away from him, but then like her dad is Ray Romano, and Ray Romano's like oh, having gosh. a relationship with like this really, really expensive sex doll. 
Yep. Bro, it's a weird show. <laughs> yeah. That, that reminds me, I just saw um, Her recently on Netflix, and it, it's Ooh. something similar. I was just like, Ugh, See, but I, but I I liked Her. That, that, Her was that, great. With Scarlett Johansson, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, 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 Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. I, I liked that movie. I did like that one. I, I'm mixed. It, it wasn't a bad movie. Uh, Spike Jones. I think he did that, right? Yeah, he did. The yeah. uh, the cinematography was great, but the story, I was just like, so this guy's wife divorced him, and now his computer's leaving him too. I'm like, <laughs> what? What am I taking away from this? Like this guy just like the worst. <laughs> Man, this guy can't catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess Joaquin Phoenix was playing a clown way before Joker, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Dude, got him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I see here that Hacks just ended, like, today or yesterday. Oh, you like know the... me. I'm still behind. I'm only on, like, I'm only on, like, episode two or three. Of... Actually, I'm sorry. I'm on episode four of the new season. Okay, so you're about halfway there. There's eight episodes, yeah. and they just wrapped it up yesterday. So, no, you know that the the end is. Uh, there's no more waiting yeah. if you have. Yeah. And each episode's only like 30 minutes, so it's like a That's very true. it's a very quick watch. You can just kind of get it. You can just kind of get it in and out. It's a light lighthearted comedy, but you know it makes fun of itself. It's, it's pretty. It's surprisingly good. Yeah, I expected. I, watching... I actually expected to like watch it and drop off. <laughs> I remember watching this because of all of the hype that was around it for the first season, and I think I watched it like in a day. To your point, it's very quick. Yeah, like it moves very quickly. Well, other than that, that's all I got. Okay. Um, yeah, we uh, we talked about Stranger Things, so I had watched and finished that, and then I also binged Halo on Paramount Plus. Is that I, any good? I watched all of it, and I, I I will say that yes, and and no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can tell by the way you answered that. <laughs> yeah. So it it is good. But there are some things that they do that I'm like, I don't like that. <laughs> and there, so like, I, the biggest thing that, that got to me at the very beginning, and, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, but not really, is that he takes off his helmet mm-hmm. in the first episode. And then he continues to do so for the remainder of the season. And I was like, okay, that's not what I expected. And now I see your face and you have emotions and like there's there's like drama that's happening and it was a little bit jarring at first. Now I'm not a player of the video games by any means, but I know one thing. He didn't he never took off his helmet. And it was never really about him personally. It was about what was happening in the world of you know, in the Halo games. Um so it's a very personal story to some degree. We learned a lot about Master Chief in this. Um, it, we get to like kind of get a little bit of his origin story, which I wasn't expecting. Um, and it's it's very you know there's a lot of drama in there as well. Um, so that aspect I was quite surprised with. the The world was surprisingly somewhat easy to follow. There's one storyline though that I did not like. Um, and we started with that, and then Master Chief like to the little girl was like, "Here, you you stay over there, and I'm gonna do my own thing." And 
I thought that either one, we were going to drop that story altogether, or two, because we keep seeing this character, that they're going to intersect by the end of the season, and that didn't happen. So now we're following this character. I'm like, but why? I don't care. You're not Master Chief. <laughs> You're not, you have nothing to do with the main plot, and I don't like you. And then I remember, I remember like a lot of people not liking this one, but it was episode seven where the whole episode was about that character. And I was like, wow, we're really going for it. Like, Master Chief was not in it at all. And that main storyline was not in it at all. And it felt very separated from the whole season. And I was like, I don't I don't like this. And like, I was <laughs> on my phone for, like, the whole episode. Like, I don't care. Like, oh, I'm... I'm worse. <laughs> I know. And I was determined to finish the epi- like to finish the season. Because that was episode seven. And there's nine episodes. So I'm like, I'm going to finish it. Um, but that one was, like, a real drag. Because the last episode was, was pretty good. Um... So I think, and then Cortana looks really cool. They brought back the original voice actress from the video games to voice Cortana, so that was you know cool to see that. And I think visually they did a really good job of that. Master Chief looks fucking awesome, like like that is like ripped right from the video game, and he just looks really cool when he has his helmet on and the full gear and everything. But when it's off, it's just you know the guy from Orange Is the New Black and 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 American New Gods, but. You know, I guess he's fine, but like, put the helmet back on, damn it. Um, and uh, and then it ended with a little bit of a cliffhanger, and like, I was here for the story too. So some of the CGI, they took some liberties. Like, you can tell they really focus on some scenes, and then their other scenes were like, "Did you even try, man? Like, <laughs> like that that looks that, that looks really bad." <laughs> so. So I, I think the like episode one really gave you the feel of the show and it gave you like this action packed scene, which I was totally into. And they give you another one like later in the season. And then the finale wasn't as good as the one in the middle, but you still got like action packed. And from time to time, you do go into like a first person mode, which was pretty cool because obviously that's related to the video games. So... Like like I said, I liked it, but there were a, a few things that I didn't care for that really that really hindered on my viewing experience, and so I got to give it a couple notches down. But overall, I I enjoyed the show. I'll come back for season two, as long as they stick to the Master Chief story. Mm. I'm not sure that Matt, did you ever play the video games at all? Um, not too much. I mean, I played. Played a handful of them, but I, I'm not big on like the the story campaign mode. It was always like just to go online and like shoot people. So okay. um, I'm not yeah. too like into the like the Halo lore and everything, but I'm like somewhat familiar. So when I finished <laughs> when I finished watching the the series, I watched a 30 minute video on the entire lore of Halo, and I, <laughs> and I I was just curious because I was again I never really played for the story either, so I'm kind of curious of like okay how close were they to anything of the video games, and long story short, glimpses of the video games they they use a lot of characters from it and they took ideas and characters but I feel like they're trying to make it its own thing. And so as a person who never really played the video games, I was fine with that. I'm sure the people who played the video games might have issues with it. So, mm. um, But I, I enjoyed it for what it was, if that's any consolation. And I think that was like one of the one of the few shows on Paramount Plus that I actually really wanted to watch. And so I, I think it didn't disappoint. I, I think it's a good watch. Not, not the best show I've seen, but it's good enough for me. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's all I've been watching. 
Um, so now we're going to be diving into our spoiler review of our foreign film of the month, Akira, or uh, what's what's the other one you said, Ernesto? It was Akira. Akira. There you go. Again, how, depending on where you, right. yeah, I think that's right. yeah, that's, that sounds about right. We're gonna go with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Matt, you're you're a big anime fi- fan, and that's why we brought you onto the show. Uh, so before we uh, dive into Akira. Uh, what is, what is your, you know, why anime? Why choose that as your form of entertainment? You know, Ernesto and I, we like movies and other forms of media and TV, but animates kind of its own genre. So why, why focus on that one? And then lead, leading that into your thoughts of Akira. Um, well, I always grew up like enjoying animation in general. So, um, it wasn't until middle schoolish when I like, you know, end of elementary school, middle school around you know 99 2000 was really when i started taking note you know at first you know it's like dragon ball z pokemon and stuff and right then you learn that this is like why does this look different why is it like theme the themes and stuff different from what you see over here you know and it's kind of like what grabbed my attention you know that the anime can cover so many different like kinds of like genres and topics that it like it it just kind of like reaches deeper you know, than what I was traditionally like accustomed to. And Hmm. so Akira was actually, I saw this, like I was like in eighth grade. It was like one of the first like adult oriented anime kind of like I was exposed to. And like, I don't know if it's really the type of movie you should be watching at that age. (laughs) uh, It was something that definitely piqued my interest. And it was like, you know, I want to see more of this. And so it, it kind of holds a special place for me because it was, something I saw so early in my exposure to um, anime in general that it was like, it broadened my horizons that it's not, you know, just like cartoons and stuff. There's like more that they are able to tell story-wise and, you know, themes and stuff like that. So it kind of, that's kind of what led me down that path. And and, Akira is definitely like, you know, aside from it just being anime, I I think it's just a great movie. And, and kind of elaborate on on that, you know, I, I'm I'm very new to the film as well as the world of anime, so I'm not that uh, savvy to it, and especially with the lore of you know what anime has done over the years. But mm-hmm. from the little reading that I have done on the movie, and that this was the one that kind of broke through to American audiences. Yeah. So, um, and this was way back in 1988. So your thoughts on the film, you know, why was this one, like, you know, what they say, why, you know, was the, this, why was it so praised back in the day and even today? I mean, I think, you know, it has a, it has a pretty good story, but I think the animation is just, it still holds up to this day. And this is all traditionally like hand-drawn animation, you know, everything you see in this, you know, in this movie it was drawn by, you know, human hands. And Mm -hmm. when you look at, like, the detail in the world that they built, like, with the backgrounds and just the scale of these buildings and stuff, it's someone literally, like, painting these by hand. And, you know, they, I think uh, at the time, too, it was probably one of of the biggest budgets for an animated movie ever, you know. So they, you could see where the budget went on the animation side. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And, you know, the soundtrack, too, it it really, like, adds that extra layer to it. just opens up the the feeling of this world and you know it sets the mood and i think all that coming together just that's why it's still so iconic i mean it's 
there's lots of things in this movie that the the visuals and stuff that still kind of um they still get referenced today like they're still you know inspiring you know new media so i think it's it's definitely been a hallmark of just animation in general um especially seeing that like you over here you have like Disney movies from the uh, the 80s and 90s and that was kind of like regarded as like the pinnacle of what we could do with animation and this is like coming from another side of the planet that like they're doing something just as as remarkable as well. Ernesto, now I'm assuming like myself this is the first time you watched this movie so what were your oh, thoughts yeah. on the film? Um I mean I actually really enjoyed it. Like at first, it started like I mean, as we saw, like the movie starts like very intense. Like you just see like this post bombing of Tokyo, which was kind, of, and it was kind of weird to hear about like a pandemic postponing that they're gonna have the Olympics there when mm-hmm. that's like it's like weird foreshadowing of what actually happened in real life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of weird. I mean, this movie, the the manga was written in '82, and then the movie mm-hmm. came out in '88, and to have that kind of foreshadowing and like have it down to the year i don't know that it was a little that one hit a little bit too too home for me um <laughs> but a lot of the visuals and the city scales it kind of, it reminded me a lot of like a uh, blade runner i got like a lot mm. of blade runner vibes from it just from like the big just like the big screens like all the colors like um i think and i read somewhere online that they uh that they actually created 50 new colors just in the production of this animation really yeah yeah crazy <laughs> um i mean it, it, the movie was just really intense you get that intense scene when they're all run, when they're running through the city and then that guy just gets blasted by the police <laughs> when, he's saving, when he's saving one of the, like the little i guess it was like one of the little psychic kids that he was running away with um uh and i, I like that they it, there was a there was a there was a some good character building and character story going on like especially with tetsuo and kaneda i'm sure i fucked i don't know if i said that right um but like you see that whole dynamic of like the the childhood friend who always thought he was forgotten and then he's finally got some power and then see him turn into like this crazy psychopath and like just like it just and then it just ramps up from from there on then like it was just so much mass destruction like ever like that highway scene when he just collapses the entire highway and you see and everybody just collapse like fall in the water and run away like i don't know you couldn't i don't like they're everybody's so big on making and turning animation into live action like could you see this movie made into live action probably now now you could probably these days baby but i don't know i mean taika watiti's doing it is that he's, what he's doing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is making a live-action version uh, version of this that's coming, you know, in the next few years or so. But yeah, he's he's attached to direct a live-action version of this, which I'm very curious to see how that's turned out compared to what we know from this one. Uh, Matt, I mean, you've you watched this for a while. You watch, you know, you've seen this one at a young age. Do you see this translating well in a live action setting, or do you feel that part of the allure of this movie is the animation? Um, yeah, I feel like it'd be really tough to top the animation. Um, this was actually another anime. There's a there's a few from the 80s and 90s that were very popular that were never able to make the live action jump. Like it was in production hell as well, like Cowboy Bebop. 
and I know they've been trying to make this movie for quite some time. I think at one point Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to play the lead and they were going to move it to New York City and stuff. So I don't think anyone's been able to figure out what they want to be able to do with this movie to, I guess, it's such a big scope when you see, like, like Ernesto was saying, like the destruction and stuff like that. So CGI, I think, could definitely kind of get close, but I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to really like top it. Mm. Yeah. I, I, after watching this movie, I don't think that they can, and I don't think that they should even try to be honest. Cause there, there's a, there's a lot that's happening in this movie. I mean, so, so my thoughts on the film, it's like when you watch, I've only ever seen the poster, the yeah. poster looks nothing like the actual movie and so i've like i mean if you look at it you see akira okay i see the title i see a guy in a red jumpsuit looking cool going toward a a red motorcycle and i'm like okay this is going to be a speed racing movie through uh through tokyo that's what i thought the movie i signed up for when i started the movie i quickly realized that is not the case and i was like i don't know what the fuck is going on in this movie (laughs) (laughs) and it's from there it's just been on one trip after another i'm like this movie is nuts like again nothing i would thought that was coming up matt i mean i'm sure you've rewatched this movie a bunch how many times have you seen this movie to understand the story because my biggest problem with it with this movie is i don't know what's happening and it and it and it took me like I watched a few videos afterward that explained a few things and it makes sense to me now, but I feel like it takes a lot of liberties of not really telling you what's going on and you have to kind of pick up the pieces from there. So did you, how long did it take for you to actually understand what's, what this movie was about? Yeah, it took me a couple tries. I mean, watching it as a kid, like it's, I'm there for all the, the crazy shit happening, but I really wasn't like, the ending too. I mean, it's just kind of like you're you're left to like kind of like ponder it afterwards, you know. And I think a, a lot of like more serious anime does this, where it's a more of an implied kind of thing for you to look for the meaning in it. Like it's not always just going to lay it out there and you know tell you what what's going on. So it took me a while to to kind of like wrap my head around what was going on. Um, Probably, probably like two or three times. I want to say I watched it and then kind of fully understood everything. Did that make the movie better now that you fully understand the meanings behind some of these scenes? I'm assuming yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's like you know you can watch it a few times and pick something new up from it every time. Um, so that adds to rewatchability for sure. And there's a lot of stuff you can. I guess, speculate on or kind of like think about that. It doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, explicitly tell you. Ernesto, did you run into this problem at all? That like, where, were you like for, cause me and, and you know this Ernesto, I'm a big story guy. for me stories <laughs> first. So when I'm watching this movie, there were a lot of times where I'm like, I'm, I'm really trying here. I'm really trying to understand, <laughs> but I, I'm just not getting it. And that ruined my experience for a little bit. I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to figure out why people love this movie so much. And I can see it in other aspects, but it, it can't be the story, right? Um, did you run into that at all, Ernesto? Um, it just, it just seems like the movie is a lot of symbolism for like shit that happens in real life. 
you know mm-hmm. we get the whole government corruption where you get these you know the generals talking about these corporations that are actually the ones that are actually running the show behind the scenes but then like you know he takes them out one by one <laughs> he tells he like oh you're gonna come kill me now you guys martial law just go ahead and just kill them all <laughs> <laughs> But I guess it's like you know, in the, in the face of it, who's who's real? Who's the one really in charge? Like, what's really gonna happen when when the city's on fire and shit's really happening? Like, what these are these are the costs of of you know of them doing these de- these experiments? Would you think that nothing bad was gonna happen at all? No, right. obviously not. Like these things are gonna come back to bite you in the ass. Obviously, like we saw. But I think the ending. I don't know. You're you're kind of similar to what Matt K is saying. Like it's it's more of all. It's just more of it's 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 implied. Like you kind of like you come up with your own ending. Like what what do you what did you take away from the ending? Like do you think that he died? Do you think that Akira absorbed him and they went to like another universe? Like what do you? How did you see the ending happening? Me me or, or the other Matt? Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. We knew we were gonna get. Okay. All right. <laughs> Um, I, I took the movie as that they, they I, I think they just absorbed him. Like they, they were able to consume his powers and they trapped him in this either pocket dimension or something away from, I, I believe, I don't think they're dead. I think they're all alive living somewhere in some sort of peace and they were able to resurrect the guy in the jar that they, that, or in multiple jars, I said that. That the guy's like, you're not gonna find him in there. He's in multiple pieces. And then the little children were able to get him back together. And then within the three of them, I, I'm, this is my interpretation. The within the th- four of them, they were able to encap. They were able to bottle up what uh, Tetsu was, you know, forming into. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's in another dimension or. I don't know exactly where he is, but obviously he's out of the city, away from the, you know, there's no danger anymore. The kids did something to conceal his powers, and I don't think he's dead. I think he's somewhere else. I, uh, Matt, I, do you, what, what was your interpretation of since for, for a person who's seen the movie multiple times? Um, so I, I, I kind of, like, agree with you guys. I think what it is is... Um, like if you go to that one scene when he's like his powers like really growing exponentially, and the the doctor's like looking at that uh, display on the computer, the the aura or whatever it is, and yeah. he's, he makes a comment that this is like the beginning of the universe or whatever he says. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think what they did was they they all worked together to contain his power, and they basically went to like started a new universe basically with that power because you know they there was other scene when um Kaneda and the girl are in jail and like the the one girl's like speaking through her and talking about like this is a mm-hmm. kind of power like where did like energy and where does like all this like stuff that we have come from you know they're alluding to like it's like a god power so mm-hmm. i think what they did was they contained that power and were able to like take that and start a brand new universe with that where maybe like they're the the big bang of that universe or, you know, they, they started like a whole new reality or something like that. Mm. That's kind of where I was, that's kind of where I thought. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, I guess that's kind of what happened because at the end it didn't seem like they died. It didn't seem like they were in heaven or anything. Um, 
But an- another one of the small issues that I had with this movie is that I never was rooting for our hero to be a hero. Like, I, I feel like that these, I, at least our main character was not likable. Like, he's literally going around and yelling bitch for just not, for not talking to them. And I was like, Jesus, that's aggressive. And like, and, there, and there's also like, like they, like these thugs are going around and they, and they, 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 they uh, what's, before Tetsuo goes all crazy, like this is the first time he escapes from the hospital, and they and a group of people meet up with him from the other gang and beat him up and take his girlfriend, ripped her shirt off, and yeah. and then I was like, what what is happening right now? <laughs> See, I I was kind of here for why they chose those as the main characters because it made it seem like. They made them morally ambiguous, like because mm. like humans, like you know, they're good. They're neither good. They're kind of bad, but they're also kind of good. Like they're they're like everybody. They're somewhere in the middle. They're not like you're not looking at Captain America right now. No, like, <laughs> like a jolly good do gooder. You're gonna look at somebody who makes bad choices. But in the end, I mean, look at look at the hero he was at the end. Like at the end, he was like charging up his gun and like basically sacrificing himself to save the, to save the city. I don't even know if he was doing that, to be honest. I, I felt like he was just there to help out a friend. Um, I, mean, he, I, guess, I mean, he went in there knowing that he, he there was a good chance that he probably would not come back. That, I mean, he, yeah. was fighting, he was fighting his friend who was mad at him, who had like these infinite godlike powers. <laughs> <laughs> who could stop the missile of a tank right in front of him like Neo from The Matrix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I think, yeah, I just never, I never bought into, again, Tetsuo was the only character that I was like, okay, this one has layers, I understood where he's coming from, he's obviously feels like he's like second wheel to Kanida, and like he, like he's trying to prove that he's a better man, he's like, look at all my fucking powers now, bitch, like I, I I can do this now, and that I was able to understand, but some of the other characters I never bought, and I I thought the kids were a little weird, the, but I mean I guess they were just being experimented on for. I'm assuming that's what that's what those kids were. They they were just yeah. constantly being experimented on because of their powers, and that I guess that made them look old. Yeah, it's like it's kind of a nod to like, well, we know that. Like, okay, their government in their world is doing experiments. Well, how far are they willing to go? Well, as far as to fuck these little kids up. Like, look what they did yeah. to them. <laughs> yeah. Um, do, I think for me that one of the biggest appeals that was very jarring to me was how violent yeah. this movie was. Mm-hmm. Ernesto, it, was that an appeal for you? Because for me, every time I saw it, it was like it's just jarring, like well, how I much it, we're showing here. I think it needed to be. What and if I mean, look, you were looking at the aftermath of a nuclear bomb. I mean. Tokyo, obviously, you look at Hiroshima. Hiroshima was bombed. So, like, what was it like for them then? Like, I'm sure it wasn't, like, sunshines and daisies. Like, it looked like big, massive destruction, like we saw play out through the city. It was almost – Tetsu almost was like a nuclear bomb walking through the city. I mean, they definitely showcased that, you know. I think they did a really good job painting us this picture of this 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 futuristic Tokyo and a place where people like the movie looked amazing 
Like, and that's kind of, it, it looked, and like, and like Matt, you mentioned earlier, it, it holds up today as it did in 1988. The fact they were able to do all of this back in the 1980s, and you have some of these computer generated movies today that don't look anything as vibrant as that. True. Um, and I don't know if that was because of the, I, I, I don't know if that could be one of the large appeals to it, but Going back to the characters, Matt, did you have a, a connection with these characters, or was it again more of the visuals and maybe the story later on? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't really feel like a like I could relate to any of the characters. You know, I think like with Kaneda and Tetsuo, it's like a big brother little brother dynamic, which is why he's like so like trying to prove himself as like I don't need you to keep saving me, even though he really did. I mean, he at the end of it, you know, he's still asking for help. Um, and, you know, seeing it, my younger self, I was all there for the violence and the gore and like, you know, fuck yeah, this is cool. But, uh, <laughs> I think like the thing I liked the most about it was the damn bike. Like it was just so mm. cool. I mean, you see it still, it was referenced in uh, ready player one. So I mm -hmm. mean, it's still mm -hmm. something that a lot of people were drawn to. And, um, the characters, I think, I, I like I like too what Ernesto said. Like these are flawed people. They're they're humans. I mean, and also taking into account like the setting. Yeah, like they're recovering from like this massive destruction, and it's kind of dystopian. And you know, they, they're on like the bottom like rung of society where they're all delinquents. Like they have no bright future ahead of them too. So like you kind of see that where like this is what they grew up in, and this is all they know. So like. I, I guess, like, in a sense, it does have a more real feel to it where they're not, you know, superheroes trying to save the day or anything like that. That That, that is a good point, especially for, you know, this was 31 years. Mm -hmm. uh, it says 31 years after World War Three, so that the first bombing, I guess. Um, so I guess if this is the world that you know, you're not going to be the... You're not going to be, as Ernesto says, the Captain America of this yeah, world. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I just, like, I really like that notion of the big brother, little brother, because that explains all of Tetsuo's um, actions. Like, he finally gets a one-up on his big brother. So now he gets to, he can show that he can take care of his big brother, but then, you know, that it he gets engulfed in all this power. And then you see somebody go on the most ultimate power trip. And in the end, when it was too much for him, like you hear him crying for, for him to save him. And then you see Kaneda, like a niche automatically is like, okay, I need to go help my little brother. It's like, I need to go be there for you. Like, it, like you could see it in him, like the switch in him to want to go help him. So I thought that was a, I thought that was a really good theme that played out in the movie as well. Yeah. Um, Matt, now, I don't know how animes treat sequels. Well, I guess my first question, is that common, that you see a sequel for an anime? You see it more um, with, like, current anime. They do, like, seasons and stuff. But traditionally, I mean, like, as a movie, it would just be a standalone thing. Um, even some of the older series, like the original Cowboy Bebop, it was just 26 episodes and that was kind of it. It's, you know, a self-contained story. They did have a movie that came out after that fit within the timeline of the, the episodes. But more, it's more common now to have, like, sequels and spinoffs and stuff. But traditionally, no. It was like, you know, it, here's the story. This is it. And, 
you know, we're not like continuing it. Uh, I guess today, would you, would you, would you like to see a sequel to this in, in, in the anime format? I mean, it'd be interesting, but I think too, with the way the story is done, it'd be harder to see what would come after. Um, the manga, I think, was like, like six volumes, so there was definitely more more story happening that I guess they condensed and kind of like put into a movie. Um, I also heard that there's actually going to be an, uh, an anime of Akira coming out soon, mm. where it's going to be more, it's episodic, so maybe mm. they're adapting more of the, the manga to tell a longer story, but if we're just talking about like a sequel to the movie itself, I don't really, I don't need one. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens, but I don't think, uh, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. I'm kind of in the, in the same boat where I don't think it needs a sequel. I think what I think this movie does warrant is for you to go back and rewatch it and to be able to gain something new on a rewatch. And I, I think if, I mean, again, as much as, Maybe I'm not fully in love with this movie. I think the one thing that I can say is that when I go back and rewatch it, it is not going to be the same experience. <laughs> uh, because, like you said, you are you're looking for other things now. Like I feel like for me, it was a lot of shock value of how much violence and how deep these stories go. If I ever watch it again, I'm I'm trying to focus more on the story now. Like, look, I, I get it. You're violent. All right, moving on from that. But, like, what is this story really trying to say? Um, and it's deeper than I anticipated. And I'm surprised that for a movie to come out in 1988, and it was widely popular in, into American audience to have a story that's so deep, I wasn't expecting – I was expecting, like, a lighthearted story, like I said – I look at that poster. I'm thinking it's a cool motorbike racing movie, um, and it's anything. It's anything but like the opening yeah. sequence. The opening sequence has pretty cool racing scenes, but that's kind of where it ended. Everything else is completely yeah. different. Mass destruction. But I feel yeah, like a lot of anime. A, it's like once it hits a certain point, it just goes off the rails. That way and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But I feel like a lot of at least the anime, the very very small amount of anime I've seen is like that where. Like initially, you think you're just gonna get some cool visuals, but it ends up being like really deep storytelling, which is I think a lot of which I think which it is the main appeal of anime in general is that yeah, there's there's visuals that can be appreciated because mo- it, if I understand, it's like mostly hand drawn, and mm-hmm. um, but it they also focus a lot on deeper stories as opposed to more surface level animation. I mean previous animation in for american it's not it's just different it's more of like human stories that they overlay with like crazy visuals yeah very much i mean different is a good word it it is different stories and the fact that they are even telling the story that is rooted very deep in in a story that they're not putting right right in front of your face either it's not like we're telling deep stories and you can understand it we're telling deep stories and you got to figure the shit out (laughs) <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna make you watch it a thousand times for you to just get it. Um, but uh, Matt, uh, I'll start with you. Your, your kind of final thoughts on the movie as a whole. Um, yeah, your, your final thoughts on the movie. I think it's great. I mean, I I can't recommend it to everybody because it's definitely not for everybody. Um, I think if you're interested in a more adult oriented story and you know you want to try some something out, I mean, it's a it's a great pick, but. I, yeah, I mean, it's not definitely not for everybody. So, you know, kind of uh, 
read the synopsis maybe see if that's something <laughs> for you um i don't want to give away the ending but it does go pretty like nuts so it's yeah <laughs> it's definitely like something you can't recommend without spoiling in a way that you know just everyone's going to have their own reaction especially towards the end when things go go crazy so i mean i i love it i'm i'm always going to you know rewatch it are, are you I think we might have said this before, but uh, for apologies for asking the same question, but mm -hmm. are you excited for a live action version of this? I'll go see it for sure. I mean, I a lot of these things I tend to be cautiously optimistic on. I, I want to wait till, you know, I see it for myself. You know, I think that was the case with Cowboy Bebop. There was so much hype with it and it didn't deliver on the hype for sure. But um, I try not to be so attached to like the fandom side of it where I'm mm. like, you know, if it's not this thing that lives up to my expectations, then it's not good. You know, I try to look at it objectively. So I'm looking forward to see what they do. I mean, maybe they do something where it, you know, does it differently or does it better maybe, but um, I'm, I'll definitely watch it. I'm not going to like be like, well, it's not the thing that I want. So, you know, it obviously can't be good. You know, I don't mm. think that's a good way to like, you know, approach those kind of things. Right. Um, Ernesto, your final thoughts. Uh, I surprisingly enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Like, um, like at first I was like, all right, well, I guess it's just going to be mass destruction everywhere. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're just seeing people blasted in the streets. Like, you know, that girl getting her clothes ripped off and they shot that cop. It's just like all oh, bunch of crazy shit, like left and right. But, you know, they managed to weave in a really deep story that, and I feel like, and I still feel like there's more that I missed. Now, this is something that's kind of intense so i don't think i can immediately jump back to watch this again mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. like maybe wait a little bit and then i, I could go back and rewatch this um yeah i would and kind of what matt was saying i don't think this is a movie for me i i think <laughs> it, was, it was it was again it was very jar jar jarring, jarring thank you uh of how violent it was and the fact that so i i can get past the violence but there was a lot of things that i was like making excuses for in my head like well it was visually it looks amazing i can't deny that it looks great um but i was like well I, I can't get into the story i can't get into the characters and so those those things it's like all right well all right i i didn't care for that but that looks cool and i didn't care for that but that looks cool and um i can understand why people love this movie specifically for the animation and the violent nature of it um but for me i need a little bit more than that and um and i i wish either the characters or the story was a little bit more less guesswork um mm. for me to really be fully invested into it but i'm glad that i watched it because obviously this is one that a lot of people were a lot this is like the again the one that that got american audiences into anime and it has the reason why it's become popular here so and and even more animes that can open the door for more animes to come here and then and that i i appreciate because i always love seeing different types of stories especially for our form film of the month segment different types of animation and um and other stories around the world so I'm happy that I saw it. It's not one that I see myself going back to, but that's not deterring me from watching any more anime. I'm more, I'm very much interested in watching more anime. Just this one just didn't, just didn't hit home for me. Uh, so speaking of which, Matt K. So could you give us some anime, either movies or shows as newbies to dive into? 
that would be good um, starts, good jumping points on. Are you interested more in just like a movie experience where you could just see it in a couple hours or are you looking for something? So I think me, I'm more of a like a TV series type guy, but mm-hmm. I think Matt Diaz is more of a movie. Like we're one of, one of each. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. I would recommend the original Cowboy Bebop. I think that's um, something that still holds up, you know. Great storytelling. Um, it's definitely like not like Akira. Like it's not that hard to follow, but it's you know sci-fi futuristic. Um, I would think that's a great place to start. Um, speaking personally, that was like one of the more adult-themed ones that I saw as mm. well. That kind of like kept me interested. Um, as far as a movie, I would I would recommend Ghost in the Shell. Um, mm. That's another one that came out here and really like grabbed a lot of people's attention i mean that literally was the movie that inspired the matrix Mm. um it's a little more dialogue heavy more i guess like not not as hard to figure out as akira but it's kind of similar so maybe you know if you didn't like akira this might be a little more palatable um anything as far as movies like if you want something a little more easy going like studio ghibli's great you know they call it like the disney of japan it's more <laughs> light-hearted but still great great animation um so anything like Howl's moving castle spirited away those are like some big ones uh princess yeah. mononoke i've heard a lot about spirited away that was actually one of the other ones that we considered watching was either akira or spirited away i would you would you say that those are like the two big animes that has translated over throughout the years into American audiences. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Spirited Away is definitely like the opposite direction of Akira. <laughs> You're not going to find like all the like blood. It's more more geared for a younger audience, so it's a little more okay. easier to digest, but still the the animation and storytelling is still top-notch. So that's one I could let my kids watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Okay, well, there that, might be that's some good parts that are a little scary for kids. I mean, it's I think it's like a PG rating. <laughs> as long so, as it's I mean, not like, as long as it's not Akira. <laughs> no, nobody's head's getting blown apart. You mentioned Ghost in the Shell. I, I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming you watched the Scarlett Johansson movie. Yeah, uh, I'm, Ghost in the Shell is probably like one of my top two anime of all time. Like uh, the movies, the shows, everything. Like. I oh, love okay. that that property as a whole. Did you like the movie, the with the Americanized version of the, of it all? Yeah, um, it's oh. it's a more simplified version, um, where it doesn't deal as, like with all the philosophical musings and stuff that the original series kind of known for. So, I think it's definitely more a westernized um, Hollywood kind of version. Um, but I still enjoyed it. You know, I think if you're not you know, into Ghost in the Shell, that might be a, that might be something you could watch that could kind of like see if that piques your interest if you really want to go further and see more of like the themes and the the things that you know that property deals with. But I, I thought it was good. Okay, I watched it with a a, a, a critic who we when we so long story short, we had this guy come on our on our show. I remember we had this conversation before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we went on we went on his pot we went on his show and talked about Ghost in the Shell and he had a very let's just say he had a very different reaction 
to this movie. He like he absolutely shit on it. He said it was like not derivative of the anime at all, and that it's like the worst thing that they've ever put out. I was like, wow. Like he like it was it was a visceral reaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i guess you got those like people that are so attached to the original that it's like you know anything less than that is not what they want and i i I couldn't understand that but a hollywood movie you know you're you're trying to reach a wider audience so you can't like expect like that niche community to like bring in all your sales you know it's not it's just not going to happen so they got to make it accessible for people who aren't familiar with this kind of thing so and the people who really like it will say oh it's kind of good i wonder what the anime is like and then they'll right the the hardcore fans they'll they'll grab them that way but even on top of that it's like i don't i don't understand the hate because the version that you like still exists like yeah. it's it's there. It's then it didn't like go, watch it. Right, it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> it's, it's like, like I, it's erased. <laughs> right, it's not like oh my god, they totally shit on it. It's like okay, that's fair. That's you have a valid opinion and you didn't like it. That's a hundred percent true to to you anyway. But doesn't mean that you just can't watch like oh well, I'm just gonna walk go just go watch the other version because yeah. apparently you love that one a lot. So just stick to that. And the same can go because a lot of there's you know. The same can go for the Star Wars community, and you know they, the Star Wars fandom is very hyped up like that. And when there's anything that's again messing with the original trilogy, is like sacrilege, and you're like, mm-hmm. calm down. It, you, you. <laughs> no one's telling you to watch the newer Star Wars stuff. You can live in your own universe where the, well, the only movies exist is <laughs> is New Hope, <laughs> or Emperor, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. You can live in that world if you want to. There's no reason to like go like texting the or messaging the actors and said i'm gonna kill you in your sleep don't do that that's That's way too far so so excessive why you know yeah (laughs) what else are you doing like you need something (laughs) else to do you need a new hobby if it's necessary for you (laughs) go for a walk or something my god (laughs) uh i i don't under i understand being upset and being passionate about a particular thing that you love but to go as far as like spreading hate and mm. discuss and being really over the top about it it's really not called for um which is sad to see how some fandoms that ones that you love being a part of can get nasty like that and you know i and that's just with anything that uh, originated from the original property um but anyway aside from going on that story um any other animes you can recommend i know the spirit away for me was one that i was very much interested in for a while yeah, um, I think too. I might be mistaken, but I think some of those like Ghibli movies are on Disney Plus. I want to okay. say. I, um, I think they have a contract sure. with HBO Max. That might be it. Um, I, I, I know that yeah. they had some kind of streaming deal. Um, Netflix has some decent anime. Um, just it's hard to recommend the Netflix produced ones that they, they buy the rights, they buy the the show and everything and then call it a Netflix original. Um, so that's <laughs> kind of like, it's kind of misleading because people are like, Oh, it's a Netflix show and it's not. Um, right. And they, they kind of lean more into the 3d CGI stuff, which it's not always a hit for people. I mean, they, they're doing, they're holding the new ghost in the shell there and it's all CGI, which, 
if you like the 2D stuff, it's kind of disappointing. But for me, it's it's more about the story, and I think they're still able to tell a great story visually with it. Mm. Um, mm. A lot of the anime I watch is like on Crunchyroll, which is just it's strictly anime. There. Yeah. I mean, you got some really good stuff like you know My Hero Academia is a very popular one right now. Um, you know, and the thing too with anime, there's so many subgenres to it. It depends more or less what you're looking for. They got ones for sports, you know, there's like, you know, ones with fighting and, you know, there's more of a, some of the more story heavy. So it's, it's kind of hard to recommend to people that are just based on my taste. Mm -hmm. um, I think Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is a very safe bet where like, it's just consistently top tier where it's just the story is so good. The art is great. And it's, it's not like, uh, it's not one that you have to like think very deeply about too. It's a, just a good story that you're able to follow along with. So I would recommend is that. that. Is that more of an adult one? Cause I'm trying to find one. Cause my son is starting to watch, like he's really into Naruto right now. Oh yeah. That's, I mean, that's, so you have like with anime, there's like different, um, audiences uh shonen is like naruto dragon ball z uh my hero academia it's more geared for a younger audience so it's more i guess easier for them to get get into where like ghost of the show or akira is more uh an older audience hmm. so anything like that like naruto yeah stuff like that's pretty uh, kid friendly hmm. um i just double checked in all of studio ghibli you said ghibli mm -hmm. Yeah, all their work is on HBO Max. So okay. uh, I'm seeing here you got Spirit Away, you have Ponyo, you have I My Neighbor. Ponyo. Yeah, <laughs> <seen that> uh, <laughs> My Neighbor Totoro. Totoro. Totoro, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and some other ones. Uh, yeah, I see all of them right here. Okay. Uh, but there's another one um, that's on Netflix that I heard a lot of love about. Um, it's a show called Arcane. Are you familiar with that show at all? Yeah. Um, that is, I don't know if that's like technically anime. I think it's a Western one, but, um, it's based on League of Legends, the video game, which I'm not into it at all. So I was able to enjoy this as not being familiar with the game at all. It just, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's like kind of a prequel to what happens in the game. So you don't have to have any knowledge of what the game is about and what happens there, but it's, it's really good. Okay. Yeah, I, I, for some reason I thought I was reading somewhere that this was like a really popular anime that was on Netflix. It, it could just be a show. Um, it's animated. It's like a mix of like CGI and hand-drawn. It has a really distinctive look to it. It looks like it's almost like painted, but it's oh, yeah. still like 3D. Yeah. Like It's really good. Interesting. Okay. And I know a lot of good voice actors and actors are attached to the project as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but thank you very much for your recommendations. Um, sure. I know that, again, this will not be the last time we're talking about anime on the show, I'm sure. So I would, uh, our, our minds are open to more of the genre. Uh, but moving on from that, uh, I know Ernesto, uh, we want to talk to, well, I know you and Ernesto have been friends for a while now. We want to kind of get into... Yeah. A little bit a of what years. you get, just a few years. <laughs> um, kind of want to get into what you do, and you know, you said you have a podcast. So I know Ernesto, I'll have you start it off. You know, your friendship with Matt, you know, rooted from a very from a long time now. Well, yeah, man, we went to high school together. We mm -hmm. went through a lot of a lot of awkward years together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, me, David, and Jimmy, and yep. there was there were some other characters that were mixed in there as well. But... Mm -hmm. 
Uh, we actually all rode out a hurricane together. Matt, I don't know if you remember my town, my very yeah. small townhouse. <laughs> I would, well, really both Matt's because both of you have been there on separate occasions. <laughs> yes. Uh, we've never met before, if you're curious. No. <laughs> no. No. Um, so, yeah, Matt, what, so tell us about your, your podcast. I, I think it's you said you guys live stream on Twitch. So tell yeah, us the name. So tell us what it's about. It's um, a friend of mine that I've known from middle school. We both kind of made this little project together. It's called Boards to Buckets. Um, I'm not so much involved in the the stream podcast side of it. I'm, I do most of, like, the artwork, the, the logo design. Like, I'm kind of, like, behind the scenes, you know, doing the graphics and stuff like that. He's the one that hosts it, and it's mostly for NBA basketball and um, this uh, NBA, NBA uh, Top Shot, which is like an NFT project. Mm. Um, and that's more or less like digital trading cards in a way. Um, instead of like it's just a picture, these are like they call them moments where it's, um, you know, certain plays that happen from a game, like a dunk or a, an assist or stuff like that. And there's a whole whole community out there, whole, you know, market basically for these things. So we kind of cover that stuff where um, it's very much tied to like what happens in the games, you know, something that happens in the game could eventually become like a moment on the platform. So um, that's primarily what we cover, Um, you know, a little bit of like the NFT stuff. And, um, you know, we're hoping to uh, like kind of expand in the off season since, you know, NBA finals are going on right now, but that's, you know, going to be over in like a week or two. Um, so we're trying to cover more stuff like more movies and anime and stuff like that. Um, we also play like 2k. Um, so we have a few things going on, which we're trying to, you know, expand on now that we're going to have, you know, a, a gap with basketball ending. So ex- I'm sure you get this a lot. Can you explain what it like the whole, concept and everything around nfts oh boy uh (laughs) so yeah i understand that it's digital art and that like you you own the right to to the digital file i guess yeah so it's a digital asset which can be a picture it could be a video clip it could even be like a song or something and you're basically buying an nft and that's um more or less like showing you own it's like digital ownership so i i mean i mostly defer to nba top shot in that because it's a little easier to understand it's like buying like a trading card okay you, know, you digital trading cards yeah you own it i mean it has a has a mint number so you might own like you know number 100 out of like 4000 of them or whatever so um that's kind of like the easiest way to like compare it is like if you own like pokemon cards or you know Mm. if you did sports cards back in the day so um there's other things too um nfts kind of it's kind of like a catch-all term for like what a lot of people are doing but there's a lot of them like our profile pictures you see like you know the board apes and stuff like that you know that's kind of like the best or most um successful one in recent history that's kind of you know the big thing but yeah you're essentially owning like a picture of a monkey <laughs> so it's, it's a little harder to get people on board with something like that whereas top shot there's more of a community there's more it's more for like basketball people i guess so if you're into basketball that's kind of like a good place to start um and it's really still 
still kind of new. Um, they're still coming up with ways that this is going to be more of a, a thing in the future, but you have a lot of companies that are, you know, on board with this, you know, this is a product, you know, with, you know, the blessing of the NBA itself, you know, they're not just like somebody's making these things like they've signed off for all the, like, you know, all the, uh, I guess the legal side of it, you know, all the, the licensing and in the likeness and stuff. So it's, it's something that they're definitely like see a future in that they're backing. Do you own any, any NFTs? Oh yeah. I mean, I own, I own a few like NFTs out there that are just, um, more of like art pieces, you know, it's not like it really has much value to it, like as a financial thing, but also in top shot where, you know, I've made money off of these things, you know, the, the value of them, it's like a, like a stock, you know, it's not always the same thing mm. where like, I, I got like, you know, say like a LeBron moment that I paid like 10 bucks for the value of that could go up, you know, to 20 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever. So there's, it's, it's kind of hard to just like put it in a generic term, but there is a way you can like make some money off these things. If you really like, if that's what you're into it for, or some people are into it just for the community aspect or, you know, they, they just want to like collect things too. There's nothing wrong with that either. Okay. And then, and then you, and then you're still creating your digital art on the side. Cause you've always been, I mean, you've always been an artist ever since high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, within the last like year or so I've like really pivoted towards, um, like digital stuff. You know, I've always been like a traditional, like drawing by hand, but now I've, you know, I bought like a, a tablet where I can draw on like Photoshop and stuff. So that's mm. um, something I'm doing with my friend too for our, our, our stream or whatever that we're going to try to come out with like an NFT that it's just going to be free for people who have been like following our community and stuff, you know, a little way to like engage, you know, more, I guess, traction in that sense where we're, you know, kind of like put out like a free NFT out there, you know, with my artwork and stuff that, you know, hopefully can get more people interested in it. Could you, um, can you talk to us about this, um, this, so we got a a view of your art of some of your art here, this, Mm -hmm. the six man, this guy sitting down with the basketball. Could you go over this, like the inspiration and everything behind this piece? So that's like more or less with the persona I'm using within the NFT top shot thing. That's, um, my name on there is M the Sixth Man. So this is basically like a character I made for myself as my oh, avatar. Cool. Or, you know, I I'm I'm not like extremely like stuck on being like I guess you know what's the word uh, like unknown or you know that whole uh, anonymous kind of thing. Mm-hmm, but right. it's more a way that I can just use that as like my persona out there without having to like throw my whole name out there and you know just like you know. It, it's just like a character, I guess. Okay, but you drew this, like you created mm-hmm. this and you drew all this. I mean, because yeah. I mean, even like the details on the sneakers, like it's that's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's the first thing I gravitated toward, and we're and we're gonna post this photo for anyone who's listening, if, if Matt, if we're allowed to. I, I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm taking liberties already. Um, <laughs> Please, well, he right. owns it. This is his <laughs> NFT. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm already like, oh, I'll just blow this on here. He's not gonna mind. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, just so just a reference of what we're talking about. We're, we're posted on our social media page attached to the episode link. Um, but yeah, like Ernesto was saying, the first thing I gravitated toward was the shoes. I'm like, these shoes, like, I wear these. Mm. 
Uh, I'll, <laughs> nice. I'll, I'll, I'll put these on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, and for, and forgive me. Uh, so I'm a little bit confused on. So are are you? You said that. So are you work for art for the podcast, or are you on the podcast? And I got a little bit confused on exactly your involvement on it. I mostly do the background stuff, the art and the okay, the digital designs and stuff. But I, from time to time, I will go on there and talk. Um, it's it's kind of hard because of like just the timing with my work schedule and stuff sure. like that. But once in a while, like you know, I've gone on there for like during a heat game, you know, some you know me and my friends were just all talking about what's going on with the game, you know. Just kind of like it's usually pretty chill, like laid back, you know, um, and then, you know, we do it live on Twitch. So there's people that, you know, tune in and, you know, they write comments in the chat. And, you know, we, so we kind of like feed off that, you know, just like talk, talking back and forth about basketball and, you know, whatever else kind of happens, you know, we, you know, joke around and stuff. So kind of give us like the, like like no pun intended, but a play by play on <laughs> on this um on what the what this this show is about because it sounds like that you are I'm assuming you get some sort of rundown because I'm assuming each artwork that you do is different for each episode or how like how do you know what to draw in order to be the background of this show? Um, I mean, we don't really do too much in that way. I'll you know I make a design or a, a logo and stuff, and that kind of just goes in the background as like you know something you know that shows up for the actual you know the branding i guess you know mm-hmm. i don't really make anything like on a you know case-by-case basis for each uh, program or anything like that so, okay so you so you're just kind of you're just providing the artwork and then at, from time to time you said you go on it and so this is primarily mm-hmm. a sports a sports podcast but then since we're ending or a basketball podcast yeah that that stream that's able to stream on Twitch and then so after that then I guess you kind of just do like a little bit of a free for all just to fill in the void for the next season. Yeah, I mean we're we pretty much have been going for about a year now, so we really haven't had okay. to do anything in that gap. So we're trying to work oh, out I got more things that can fill in, you know, the three to four months that there's really not like basketball happening. So we're gonna look into you know pivot to like maybe we're gonna stream like playing like NBA 2K or you know, talking about movies or something, uh, you know, there's a few like basketball movies maybe we'll watch and like talk about or like stuff like that. We haven't like really worked that out yet. Um, that's something that we're just planning on to do in this summer. Okay. So you're still working the shops and, but primarily you are a basketball show. Like you're, you're providing information about the latest games. I'm assuming now that, um, obviously with, uh, the finals happening yesterday, today yesterday yeah they the first game i think started yesterday so yesterday yeah yeah i was a little bit sad the heat didn't go through uh that's that's my that's my team um but i guess you know moving forward do you you said within the year uh do where would you like to see this podcast grow into at least in your involvement in it do you want to try to incorporate more of your artwork into the show um yeah i think so um, I'd like to be a little more active if I can. Um, the other stuff we're planning isn't really like strictly like going to be following just basketball. So like if we do like maybe like some movie stuff or some TV stuff, that would probably be like a separate thing, but just something that we can stay busy with that, you know, just doesn't want to like, 
like die off, you know, for that time that there's nothing going on. So we're trying to find other ways to like, mm. not, not strictly keep it basketball, but like something right. kind of close. Like, um, like I think that, um, uh, Adam Sandler movie is coming out pretty soon. Oh, hustle. Yeah. So that's like, you know, probably something that will, I don't know if we'll do like a group watch or something, but maybe we'll just watch it. Like, you know, a few of us and then we'll have a show talking about, you know, our thoughts on it or, or something like that. Uh, can can I be bold and recommend a few basketball movies that I think sure. would be good for that? Um, Space Jam is always a favorite of mine. I'm not classic, sure if that's classic. <laughs> um, like Mike with Lil Bow Wow. Uh, wow. That, that's a, to me, that's another classic. And uh, Coach Carter with uh, Samuel Jackson. I oh, also that's a good one too. Yeah, another one. Air Bud. Oh, of course. How can Air you forget Bud. about Air Bud? <laughs> Very true. I, you know, like the, the ten of them after that came. Exactly. <laughs> Air buddies, space buddies. There's so many. Yeah, no, just just the one where he plays basketball is fine. We yeah. need the one about soccer yeah. and football and hockey. Like it's the freaking dog people. Yeah. <laughs> a really good one is uh, he got game. That's got Denzel Ooh. and. Um, mm. That is a good game. Uh, what is it? Um, I forgot. Damn. Normally I can remember this kind of thing. Uh, Ray Allen. He's a. Uh, oh okay. He's actual basketball player, but he's like one of the main characters in this movie. I think it was a Spike Lee movie. Mm. Yep. Oh one yeah, second. yeah, yes. Uh, that so yeah, I mean just just a few. Uh, <laughs> just to, I can't. I'm trying to think of other basketball movies that that come to mind. Obviously, the first one I think of is always Space Jam. It's like that's. That's my childhood right there. White man oh, catch I, up. I, I oh, of course. With that movie. <laughs> yes. Oh, how can I forget about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's another one too. Uh, did did you did you take a liking to the new Space Jam movie with LeBron James? Did you watch that one? Yeah, I, you know I I didn't hate it. I mean it <laughs> it's it's never going to be the first Space Jam movie. Of like course. that's yeah. you know that's up there. But I found myself enjoying it to the same way. Like it was a fun movie, like the original. Um, it's. It's tough to, to compare it to the first one. Even the first one, looking back at it, I didn't think it, it's not really like that great of a movie. But when I watched it as a kid, I was like obsessed with that movie. So it's always going to have like that that nostalgic factor to it. That like even if now I can realize like it's not like really that great, it's still really good. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's funny you mentioned that because I rewatching it last year when we watched when we reviewed uh, the new Space Jam. I when I watched the original one again, I was like, oh wow. This didn't age well at all. I don't think this is a good movie. Yeah. Uh, and the new one actually surprised me, like you were saying. But it's hard to feel. It's hard to be that nostalgia feeling that you have for a movie because that trumps everything. It's like, yeah, man, I've aged well, but it's still a classic, and I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna die on that hill. Um, just I quickly looked up more basketball movies. There's also The Way Back with Ben Affleck, which is a more recent one. Um, Semi Pro with Will Ferrell. Classic. Uh, the classic uh glory road which is one that disney did um following a team there was another movie that oh you, you can't go wrong ernesto with luck of the irish uh, the disney channel the, original movie that was a basketball movie oh yeah i actually remember that movie i like that one <laughs> that right that's a pretty good one too also there was another one on disney channel it was like with following jewish basketball players I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm drawing a blank on what the name is, but I can see it, and then the power went out, and there's like this dramatic moment, and um, yeah, I don't remember the title of the movie, but that was another popular basketball Ooh, movie as well. Um, 
The Sixth Man with Marlon Wayans. You ever seen that one? That's I don't think one. I've seen that one either. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Oh, uh, we're just going down long. There was um. Oh, Team there Wolf. Was a movie that, that came out. Um, I think it was like last year called Boogie. That I heard was like pretty decent. It was um. Oh was, yes. I think it was last year. It was. I did. I I did see that one. It's one of those. It was indie movies. Uh, it was mm-hmm. fine. It was less about the game itself and more about the character. Oh, um. Man. So not as you know, rewarding as I would have hoped it was, but. Yeah, there should be more basketball movies out there. I feel like we're only naming a few. Let's we, let's, let's, we'll, we'll do it right now. We'll just come up with a new basketball <laughs> movie. Right we'll just do it. Um, but uh, uh, Matt, go, at least going back to your artwork, you know, is there anything that you prefer or want to, you know, kind of do art more for? Are you, it's like, is that something you want to turn into a career? Is there like more of an art style or more of a design you gravitate toward? Like, what do you want to? What do you want from your art? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to be able to make money off of it for sure. Um, I'm more like drawn towards like anime kind of art and stuff, um, which is like the one I share with you guys. I was kind of like, kind of like the inspiration there. You know, I wasn't trying to go strictly with anime, but it's definitely mm-hmm. like a, a thing that inspires me. Um, most of the stuff I've done recently is just more like logo design and, you know, graphic design kind of side of things. But I mean, long-term goal and it's, you know, it's kind of a pipe dream, but I'd love to be able to like create my own comic, you know, something Mm. like that where I could tell my own story and use my art too, to like kind of, kind of tell something like that. And I feel like, you know, I've watched so much anime and read so much manga. I feel like, you know, it's, it's go to waste if I don't like use that kind of of thing. So, so you want to write and draw the entire thing? Yeah, or if you know, I was able to, you know, link up with someone who can write better than me, then can, you know, kind of, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm more of an artistic person. I, I probably could write something, but I, you know, I'm sure there's someone out there who could write better than me for sure. Well, I mean, just looking at this one piece of art, I mean, it's very, it's very well done. I mean, you definitely have an eye for it. So I, I, I wish you luck on continuing on your artistic journey, uh, for sure. Um, we have to hit you up when we need some things made. <laughs> yeah. yeah, seriously, yeah, we we have our own graphic, but wouldn't mind, you know, when when we want to spice things up a little bit, like Ernesto was saying, we we know who to call now. Yeah, we could work something out for sure. There you go. You heard it here first. Yep. You heard um, that? It's been recorded. It's been locked in. <laughs> it's been locked in. <laughs> Contract sealed. <laughs> it was a verbal contract. It's yeah. basically there. A lot of yeah. people heard it, so it's fine. Bernesto, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I unless you have any more questions, I know we have one more for you. Oh yeah, what's your favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie of all time? Mm-hmm. Oof. Oh <laughs> man, I wasn't ready for this one. Damn. They never. Nobody. Are. Nobody no, ever is. No, it's so not. funny. That's everybody's response. <laughs> yeah, it's always like, ooh, ooh, ooh. A, a favorite one of them cinema pictures? I don't know about oh, that. <laughs> There's just so many movies that I like. I mean, I, I kind of fall towards, um, like, sci-fi movies. Um, so, like, um, wow. What's one, uh, just one movie, the one movie that just sticks out in your head all the time? Like... I mean, a more recent movie, the second Blade Runner movie, I feel like that was a really, really good movie. Mm. 
Um, hmm. I wouldn't say that's my favorite movie, but that's definitely like up there. It could be a movie um, or a TV show. We we'll even we we'll even broaden it for you. We'll, we'll help. We either help you or hurt you on that. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, well, well, shit. <laughs> oh. oh man. I mean, I feel like I'm more of a, a movie guy. Mm. Okay, um, so we're, we're going back to movies. I hear a lot of typing over there, Matt. I feel like, like you got to do some research. I'm searching. On <laughs> No, you know what? I'm just having a brain fart right movie. There's, uh, okay, no, I got it now. Um, 2001: A Space Odyssey. That's oh, okay. I could not remember that for the life of me, but <laughs> that's definitely like up there where it just, um, yeah, I don't know. It just a movie too that old. Uh, I think it came out in like '68 or yep. something. It predates Star Wars, and that's a movie like Akira that still holds up visually, like the just i don't know it's crazy like watching that and it's all like practical you know effects like it's not it's not anything like crazy and like what they've been able to do with that like was really um it was really interesting to me plus like the it was like akira too the ending is just so out there you know i actually i don't think i've i don't think i've ever seen this movie I was about to say, full disclosure, I don't think I've ever seen this one either. I know that's right. it's Stanley Kubrick. I know it's one that's very highly regarded as like one of those movie, like one of those like pinnacle movies in cinema history. Um, and it's been a bunch of times re-released into movie theaters because of how visually and amazing it is. Um, but we'll yeah, to, not... we'll, maybe we'll have to add it in the list. Maybe one one of these. And days it's, we'll it's definitely a movie that um, has so much. Uh... I guess like another movie that's like kind of just impacted on pop culture in a way that like mm-hmm. you see so many like references and like it's it's like one of those things like you don't even notice it it's from that movie till you see the movie and you're like oh wait I've seen this thing so many times <laughs> right it's like oh that's where that's from <laughs> yeah yeah I, I'm even looking at the trailer like I looked up and the trailer's playing in the background like this does this movie doesn't even look like it's from the 60s no it, I mean it's it's held up so well. That's it's jarring. It's like this. This looks as just as good as Star Wars did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Stanley Kubrick is also another one. I wasn't a big fan of The Shining. I believe that was one of his, one of his more well-known movies that he's done. Uh, I'm not really a, a a fan of his either. Like, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Clockwork uh, Orange. Yeah, that Full one. Metal yeah, it, just, it looked weird to me. I wasn't like interested in seeing that. But this one, like captured me i guess all right well that's definitely one you know ernesto people uh people at work now are are making uh actually fun of me for not watching the classics and they're like have you seen this movie no have you seen this movie no then you haven't seen movies (laughs) (laughs) and so uh (laughs) but but this was actually one of them like uh, 2001 a space odyssey is one that was on the list of movies like you gotta see, um, so that's I definitely definitely add that one to the list for sure. Um, but Matt, thank you very much for joining us this week and giving us your insight on anime and a, a deep dive into you know your art form and everything. I know Ernesto has been trying to get you on for a while, but it was a very much a big pleasure talking with you. Oh, thank you, I appreciate it. Have to have you back on again. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Oh, you heard him, Matt. Locked there it in. is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let me know. I mean, you know, my my uh, 
My schedule's a little weird, but if we can like work something out, I'd love to. I will make oh. it work. Um, if, uh, if anyone wants to find either your artwork or even listen to the podcast you're involved in, uh, involved in, again, can you let people know where to find it? Um, yeah, I mean, mostly, um, you can find me on Twitter. My name on there is M the six man. Um, it's M the letter M T H A X at six T H M A N. So it's, uh, on there. And then, the the Twitter is boards to buckets, just boards, the number two buckets. Okay. And that's, that's on Twitch. Just to uh, refer. Twitter. On Twitter, on Twitter. Okay. We're, we, we stream on, on, uh, on Twitch, but like most of the stuff you'll see on there is mostly on Twitter. Like for our, like if they announce anything or anything like that, they have like giveaways and stuff all the time, you know, for people who, uh, who tune in, you know, if you're like a new, a new, um, person visiting and stuff usually there's mm-hmm. like a giveaway or something for you stuff like okay. that okay very cool very cool uh or again thank you very much for joining us once again um sure, if thanks. you if if you want more from us, you can always hit us up on our social media channels on Instagram at box office underscore bingers and on Facebook and TikTok at box office bingers. We'll tell you what's new to stream every Friday. Movie show on Mondays, our latest movie reviews and TV reviews. It's all there on our social media channels. Um, you wouldn't want to miss that. Um, next week, Ernesto, we are diving into um, you know the land of the dinosaurs yet again. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> that was good, right? You like that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know where that came from. Wow. <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> mm. I'm kind oh of regretting it now. No, it was great. <laughs> um, we... we <laughs> We are reviewing Jurassic World Dominion. The new... <laughs> oh my god, the so-called epic conclusion of the Jurassic Park franchise, supposedly. I, I doubt it. But uh, they, they they say it is. Um, and there'll all the original... <laughs> yeah, there'll be a spinoff or something. The original cast is back. Chris Pratt is back. Dallas Bryce Howard is back. And Estevan is back. We got him on coming on to talk about Jurassic Park. I'm really excited for this movie, Ernesto. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm I'm more excited for this one than I was for the last one. Um, yeah. Uh, this one this one just it looks better. It's like because I felt like the the last one it was it was not, not good. good. <laughs> no, not good at all. Matt, I was gonna you... try to give it the okay, but it wasn't even okay. <laughs> no, it was by far the worst in the franchise. Like I would yeah. I will say that. Matt, are you a fan of Jurassic World Park? Oh yeah, I mean uh, the first two I I probably like the most. Um, mm-hmm. The third one kind of fell off, and the def- the last one that came out was definitely like ripe in the same ball chart. Like uh, yeah, it's yeah, it wasn't uh, <laughs> it wasn't that good. Uh, did, were you a fan when they you know with the first with the first reboot I guess with Jurassic World? A lot of people like I like Jurassic World like the like the okay. first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the the you talk about the one that first with uh with Chris Pratt. Pratt. Chris yeah. Pratt, yeah. Yeah. I like uh I like that one. That was good. And then they kinda fell off after that. Yeah. I mean it's hard to beat a classic that is Jurassic Park. I mean that mm-hmm. that iconic score, iconic story, uh the, the Steven Spielberg, 
yeah, it's it's hard to beat that one. But you know, Jurassic World did its best I think, to replicate basically the same movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, we're diving, we're going back into the the world of Jurassic Park next week on Box Office Bingers. Thank you everybody again for coming back each and every week to listen to us just talk about movies. Um, and uh, come back next week for more movie fun. And for that, I've been your host Matt Diaz. Ben Ernesto Santos. See ya. <laughs>